Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. I'm Kyle, joined by my brother Keenan, joined by Camden Dennis, friend of the show. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Hi, it's good to, it feels like we went on a little vacation. It's good to be back, obviously, in the during the season. A little hiatus. Of, went on a little hiatus. I went to Vermont and visited. Uh, it was a busy, busy time during that, so we couldn't fit one in there where we wanted to. But we did, have, we did play basketball. That was good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> we had time even for throughout ball. All, even through all the smoke and the wildfire, hopefully everything's going well still in Canada right now with those crazy wildfires. But yeah, Camden, how are you? <laughs> we Hold lost on, Cam's Cam. audio. <laughs> Cam, we can't. <laughs> we can't hear you. <laughs> Should I get spell my not, phone You're not audible at all. Dang, there we go. Can okay. you hear me now? Hey, what's good in the hoodie camp? Hello. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't hear. Off. Couldn't hear Should I just start or what? <laughs> no, we're prob you know what? It start was my bad. Start wasn't no, we were good. We were back, we're getting back in Welcome it. Kyle, you wanna camp. just start it? You want to just start it over? We didn't say anything crazy. If you want to just no, start no, it. No, no, we're good. Well, let's, let's, let's go from here. Let's go from here. You were, do you want me to cut anything? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we're good. Okay, we're chilling then. <laughs> anyway, right, guys, I've been uh, doing great. Embra- good. We'll, we'll embrace the chaos. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm doing good. It was great to go to Vermont and play some ball with you guys. That was yes. super fun. Um, yes. And I've been just traveling around. Fourth of July was great. So everything's been going good. Yeah, my Fourth of July was good as well. Um, we're still we're getting back in the flow. Technical difficulties, whatever. Warner Brothers podcast, we are here. But, I mean, we're, we're in the – NBA free agency do you want to start? I mean, Dame's probably the obvious starting point, but we can start any yeah. we can start anywhere. There's too much going on. Or too much has gone on. Well, so much has happened since we last since we last recorded. So much happened just before the draft. We had Marcus Smart getting traded. We had Bradley Beal getting traded. CP three. Um, mm-hmm. God, there's more than that. Yeah, Chris Paul and Jordan Poole. Uh, we had so much happen just before the draft. Free agency started, obviously, after the draft, and we had some movement there. We've had some big moves. We had the Dame mm-hmm. trade request, as you mentioned. Um, so it's been a lot, and it's been weird, and it's especially different because we ain't been here the last two weeks. So, you know, it's like, yeah, like you said, where do we start? I mean, we could go chronologically. I think the first big move was, was it Smart? Did Smart come before Jordan Poole, Chris Paul, or was Chris Paul Jordan Poole the that first was, one? I, that's that what, I think and, he came maybe like and, a day or two before. And uh, Harden trade request too. Technically, we yeah. got that too. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I forgot about that. Yeah. There is, there's, there's much to talk about. Uh, let's, let's start with Marcus Smart, cause I mean, we're a two third Celtics. That was a big one. Here, so. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And you know what? Um, I'll try to be short and sweet, but Marcus Smart. Up until the last couple of years, I mean, still probably could call him. I mean, he was really my favorite player in the league up until these last couple of years, I guess. You know, where it kind of, I want to say his act grew tired, but like, it was like, all right, Marcus Smart's flopping again. Like, you know, Marcus Smart's doing Marcus Smart's things. He's throwing up a bad shot. Oh, tonight he's going to be point guard. He's going to get 11 assists, you know. 
Um, kind of felt like Draymond. But before that, he was absolute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of, kind of. That's I'm sure. I'm sure Warriors role. fans yeah. have a similar relationship with Draymond. You know, especially with him yeah. not shooting and such and such. Um, yep. But prior to that, man, he was my favorite player in the league and absolutely my favorite player on the Celtics. And Keenan, right before, right when the trade happened, I was on my way to pick you up. I was at Winston's house, about to leave, like <laughs> yes. about to, you know, dab Winston up, tell him, you know, peace, blah, blah, blah. I literally, right as I'm about to leave, I look at my phone, Marcus Smart traded for Chris Epps Przingis. Now, before that, obviously, was the craziness earlier, where it was originally Przingis for Brogdon. Clippers back out of that trade because of Brogdon and his physicals or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of thinking the trades off and then, well, I think it was, it was after midnight sometime, really same day as the draft technically. And I see Marcus smart and literally as I'm reading it, I'm like, Holy shit. You know what I mean? I'm like, Oh my God, like what the fuck? You know what I mean? I was not ready for it. Uh, Felt a variety of emotions that day, and I think I ended with, and I still feel this way two, three weeks later, uh, still wish he was a Celtic. I'd rather have seen Brogdon go than Marcus Smart, even though Brogdon probably is the more reliable player as far as on the court. But the difference between the two with Marcus Smart is I think Marcus Smart's more reliable to actually be in the game. You know what I mean? As far as injuries, availability. Mm. Uh, Yeah. But you could argue they kept the two better combo guards out of the three, out of Marcus Smart, Derek White, Brogdon. But I don't know, man. I, You know, we got Chris Stapps-Prazingis, who's super talented. Um, our team definitely got much larger with Chris yeah. Stapps-Prazingis. But, you know, for a team that needed toughness, that needed leadership, that needed someone like Chris Paul, honestly, and who was rumored to go yeah. to the Celtics... And we yeah. lose Marcus Smart, the one guy who definitely brought toughness and all that. And we lose Grant yesterday, who's another one who would have brought toughness, which I understand why we let him go. You know, that's understandable. But um, I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. Even still, two or three weeks later, I'm like, man, that it could be, you know, exactly what we needed or it could be, you know, exactly what we're missing. So I'm personally just as a Marcus Smart fan, I'm going to miss him tremendously. Um he couldn't have gone to a better team that would understand what he brings or a fan base that understands. You know what I mean? That fan base is Grizzlies are the heat going to love what Marcus Smart. Really yep. That. yep. Yeah. They are any sort of championship team, but especially Memphis, who had the grit and grind, who, you know, had Tony Allen, who was also a former Celtic, Zach Randolph, all those guys. That's exactly what Marcus Smart's mm-hmm. about. Um, you could even say you could even say Marcus Smart is exactly who Dylan Brooks thinks he is, that kind of thing. Um, I couldn't they be. Just got, they got a better Dylan Brooks, I couldn't yeah. be more happy. They did, more or less, more or less, and I couldn't be more happy for Grizzlies fans. It's gonna hurt to see him play for Memphis. It's gonna suck when he comes back and plays against us. Uh, you know, I don't want to compare it to Tom Brady versus uh, you know, when he was on the Bucks versus the Pats. It's not that at all, but it's gonna be weird when he comes back to Boston because he was okay. the highest tenured Celtic or the longest tenured Celtic. Nine years. And, uh, you know, I didn't know how to and embodied everything. I, I, I was in such denial before that game happened. And then that game actually happened. <laughs> and it was just, it, it sucked. But, no, it's going to suck to have Marcus come back and be in a Memphis Grizzlies uniform. But I'm glad it's a Grizzlies uniform and not, like, I don't know, one of our rivals. I guess, you know, Lakers uniform yeah. or, yeah, Sixers. That'd be odd, too. That'd be odd. But, no. Def- so, 
congrats and much respect to Marcus Smart. And uh, interested to hear y'all's thoughts on the trade and you know yeah. the many other offseason moves. You next, Cam. I'm up next. So yeah, with next. that move, um, I'll keep it short and sweet with the Smart nine years here. Great Celtic. It's going to be interesting to see him not bleeding green with his green hair and everything. I wonder if he'll go blue hair, he, to be honest. He should go blue. He just might. He mm. should like go that blue grayish hair. blue, yeah. <clears throat> yep, yep. Um, but all in all, I think that the trade, all teams really won, and I'm pumped. I don't know fully how Brad got first-round picks out of that trade, but he did, and I love it. Yeah. I love it. And Christoph Porzingis is a defensive presence. Yeah, I know. He got multiple. It's sick. Um, Kristaps, he's a defensive presence. He had probably one of his best offensive years this year at the Wizards, and I'm pretty pumped to see that stretch four thing, seeing Al ideally come off the bench, and with Robert Williams' health that we've seen recently, we could slide Porzingis into that five slot just because of his size, and I think that really helps that rotation a lot. So I really like that move. For the Grizzlies... I think it's huge for them for them to go get smart. I think that it's brilliant, especially with John missing 25 games at the beginning of the year. Also, they have the last two defensive players of the year. Yeah, that's something I just thought about. They have the last two, which is huge. Yes. Um, I think that that young team to have a smart type of player. Um, no pun intended. As in Mark, yeah, as in Marcus Smart, um, will really elevate their playoff experience and their playoff play as a team in a lot of ways and um so i think it's a great move on it's exactly their part. what they need it's exactly what they needed they needed that like we have already said that upgrade of dylan brooks to who marcus smart is dylan brooks is just trying to become marcus smart in every way and marcus smart is going there and <laughs> setting that up i will say that i'm i like tyus jones a lot that they had and they just got rid of him and i think that would help them out a lot but um marcus smart also helps fill in that role too so I'm not sure what Marcus Smart's role will be yet if he's going to start or come off the bench in the long run with Bain and Joe Morant. Um, I don't know if they're going three small with Adams and also JJJ. I'm not sure what they're going to do. But if he comes off the bench, he could definitely get six man of the year. So I'm pretty pumped about that team too. Yeah. So I do, for the Celtics' perspective – I like it. They get in more. They get an interior presence there too. I mean, Porzingis can't slide as well, obviously, but being seven three, seven four with a long wingspan, he's shown that he can block shots in the league. So that does help there. Obviously, a stretch for a knockdown shooter, but a guy who, when Tatum goes to the bench, you really can run an offense through him. So I think that gives a new facet of when. Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, it seems like when they go cold, things try to go through Marcus Smart, and Marcus Smart isn't really an offensive, like, I'm going to go get you a bucket guy. Porzingis really can be when they're off, can be like, okay, we can throw it down to him on the block, and he can go get you a bucket to kind of stop runs and things like that. So I do like that for the Celtics. And when you have Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon, you don't necessarily need Smart. But it's weird because... The Celtics kind of needed a culture, not a culture switch, but a little culture jolt, I'll call it, just because I think they have gotten a little almost stagnant in their way, just like they kept going through the same kind of problems with the turnovers. They couldn't come back with, the, with the same group. 
They yes. couldn't come back with the same group, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes. So I think they got a little stagnant. They needed a little jolt. Not like we have to break up the whole entire band. They just need a little jolt. And then, on, so I think that was good. But it's going to be interesting to see who starts the culture. I think this is a year that Jason Tatum really can propel himself into maybe that next level of superstardom where instead of putting him in his own tier, we can really put him with that. Steph Curry, that kind of ilk, because he has the talent for it. He just needs, like, once he gets to command of the team, maybe that could be his role or someone else steps up. We'll see. And then from the Memphis side, I think you did did a good job of filling in Jaw for the first 25 games. They've done about as well with Jaw without Jaw. Not that they're a better team, but record-wise throughout the regular season, they've done pretty, w- pretty well without him, which is a uh, testament to Taylor Jenkins and that whole roster being able to play with whomever's on the court. So, But Marcus Smart adds a toughness. Weird because he's a veteran. He doesn't like he mentally doesn't feel like a veteran. He's still kind of because he was part of that young sure. nucleus, but he really is. He's been in the league nine years. He's seen the finals. He's seen multiple conference finals. He's been in pretty much every situation you can possibly be in. So he is a true veteran in the league, so he can help lead that Grizzlies team who can sometimes be led astray by their own eagle, ego to be like, oh, yeah, like we don't see anybody in the West. Like, Ja, we need to calm down with that. Like Dylan Brooks thinking that <laughs> I don't respect anybody who will <laughs> get 40 on me. Like things like that, Marcus Smart can kind of be like, guys, this is not how you get to the promised land. So I think it's good for both teams. It'll be interesting moving forward to see what the Celtics put around – the last, like, kind of finishing uh, veteran pieces that they put around their roster going into next season. <sighs> yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, you know, they got, like I said, yeah. Mavs got Grant yesterday for three second yeah. rounders. Um, I like the Mavs. So, yeah, doing. like you said, it will be interesting to see. Yeah, I do kind of like the Mavs roster a little bit more than I did six weeks ago, you know. Uh, um, if they would have gotten yep. Thibel, it would have been knows? a bigger pick. But I if, really, if they I got like, Thibel, that would have been – that would have been huge. Yes, it would have been absolutely. I, I but I do yep. like they they traded for Kyrie last obviously last year and they gave up defense and Finney Smith like they gave up mm-hmm. their defensive prowess. And then this offseason it's like okay, we retained Kyrie so that trade wasn't for nothing. Cuz if it, if that's a terrible trade if they just get rid of all of that, have Kyrie on a half year rental, don't even make the play in and make then the he playoffs. goes yeah, no, you can't do that. So that three-year extension, obviously, with Kyrie, we have to see if Mr. Sabbatical himself, what he's going to do throughout the season. But you retain Kyrie, so you at least don't lose that, so that trade means something. Plus, now you're trying to fill in. You get Grant Williams. You gain Seth Curry. You sign uh, Rashawn Holmes. So, like, they're Dwight Powell. They resent. So they're getting pieces there. Thibel would have been a big piece because that's really a, a defensive stopper. But there are other people and other pieces that can possibly fit in there. So I do like what the Mavs are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get a versatile defender in Grant who shoots 40% from the field or from the yep. three. So, Perfect you know, three and D guy. that's hard Perfect to find in the league. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, especially for Luka. Um, I do have a question for you guys. I know I mean, we'll get right to it with our offseason questions. Uh, yep. You mentioned Kyrie. You said it's a three-year deal. I believe is it four? Year, so the isn't it a four-year year, player option? Player I, options on the fourth I, year. I think it's three-year, one twenty-six. Yeah, I saw three one twenty-six. Okay. 
And there's an option somewhere in there, but uh, how many years? Going into the thirty. Sorry, go on. Interesting. I'll look up. I'll look up just to make sure. But uh, how many years do you think Kyrie plays for the Mavs? He's asked for a trade from his last three teams. He asked for a trade from Brooklyn. Uh, he more or less asked for a trade from Boston, even though he didn't. So I guess I'll give him a pass on Boston. But he got his ass up out of there, and he asked for a trade from the Cavs. Uh, how do you think this goes with the Mavericks? Do you see him finishing, fulfilling his deal? Yes and no. So quickly, and then Cam, you can go. Yeah. Uh, if there is a player option, I think he plays until the player option, then opt out and see what goes on. So um, he'll play the. Ne- I believe he'll play the next two with the Mavs and. Next year will be kind of a putting it together year, and then that third year will be kind of results based. I mean, with Kyrie, it could be like they could win a championship and he could still want to leave, but I think it's going to be results based. With every tenure he's had, he's at least stayed a couple years. So he stayed a couple years in Brooklyn. He was a couple years, obviously, he was a multiple years in uh, Cleveland, a couple years with the Celtics. So he has been. He doesn't just dip after the first season, and he's only been there like less than half a season. So I think he would be there two years, and then we'll see what we'll see what we see from there. But Camden, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, for me, I I want to say he'll fulfill the whole contract in Dallas. Um, I think that the Nets one was a little bit just that organization organization was just so bad on the top that mm-hmm. all of them wanted to leave. Um, Durant, Harden, and and Kyrie. Okay, um, I just don't think that their their run as well, and he wanted out of that place in a lot of ways. And going into a place like the Mavs, who have had stars there, who have had success. Mark Cuban's a great owner. Um, I like their coaches. I like everything kind of going on there. My one thing is he is a guy that will ask for a trade when things don't go his way. And I don't know, I really don't know what the Luka Kyrie thing looks like yet. We haven't seen enough of it yet. And with LeBron, so he could probably figure, I mean, some LeBron style-ish, stylistic-ish kind of guy, heavy ball handler. Mm -hmm. We'll go from there, so we'll see. And it'll be interesting because, like, it's so whack to me to think of him as a two, as a shooting guard kind of role. But it's fine. They're both ISO players, so it's going to be interesting. Um, but the other thing I have about Kyrie is he's a guy that would I think he if he stays for all three years he's gonna have to recruit somebody and a third person's gonna have to come in there for him to want to really truly stay there and make it feel like that. But that's my my two cents on the Kyrie stuff. Yep. I just want to shoot Brooklyn some bail. I just want to shoot Brooklyn some bail, and I don't think I don't think their front office is necessarily bad. I think they I think they were in bed with three of the most finicky star players you can get in Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. Um and we especially see that with Harden and Kyrie, you know. Um yeah. I think if Kyrie would have gotten offered a similar contract by a different team, depending on who that team is, he runs to them. There was really no market for Kyrie. Um and then, you know, we'll talk about Harden here in a sec. So I want to shoot Brooklyn some bail there. I don't think their front office is necessarily bad as much as I don't I will say this, I want though. to say they're they great did, either. Yeah. I don't want to say they're great either. 
What's up? They tried to make that work, is the thing, though. They grabbed all those guys knowing that they those did. three dudes were finicky. They did, but Kyrie and uh, KD had him by the balls and was kind of like, hey, you do this or, or else, basically. And it still ended up I shooting him in the foot. I um, would have traded Kyrie so for with Kyrie. Harden, but I, listen, I said it at the time. I'm Maybe. just going to say it one more time. But then, I would have traded Kyrie for Harden. I'm, I don't care. KD would have figured it out. I would have traded Kyrie for KD, Harden. No, KD would have asked for a trade instantly. Oh, oh! If he had Harden, I think he would end up in the I, same position. I think if I think if he had Harden, he, he went might there. Have stayed. I do. He left Golden State he, for Kyrie. Remember that. No, left I Golden do State remember for that. Kyrie specifically. I do remember that, but I do think if if you say that's the hey, context, this Kyrie, this Kyrie, this Kyrie guy loves his sabbaticals. Like this is this is Pete Kyrie doing his cool things. You trade Kyrie, get hard. You remember though, this you. was this was bef- this was pre-COVID Kyrie when they made that trade though. This was before he was really acting up, acting up. Yeah, I mean not pre-COVID. I mean Kyrie, yes, but I mean the Harden trade happened after. Did it? Yes, the Harden. So. The Harden yeah, trade did. happened yeah, cause after. Yeah, that's right. Because because KD was I'm, injured that first season. You're right. You're right. KD right. was injured. I believe he was. He I believe was this was like Kyrie coming like. Off of his sabbatical, was that or like it yeah. might have been right I think before? This was, but I, this was after. It might have been right. I think this was after his ben injury. Simmons too. I yeah no, the, but anyways, I they had Ben Simmons. That's crazy to think that they had Ben Simmons too. It's still yeah, anyway. Yeah. I, I just think oh. at the time I would have traded. I would have traded James. I mean, I said this on the pod way back. I would have traded James Harden pretty much straight for Kyrie, or maybe at one because you would have been able to keep pieces, and then you would have had an actual team around them. And they probably they might have a ring right now. We don't know. We will never know. Sure. That's just this. This is basketball banter in the basketball what if land, which is always mm-hmm. a fun land to delve into. But you can go on with what you're saying, Kyle. Shit, I don't even remember where I was. Uh, no, I just I think Kyrie. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we had a good conversation. I just think Kyrie. I would, I would be shocked if Kyrie. We're in 2023. I'd be shocked if we're going into the year 2027, the 20, 2026 offseason into 2027. And uh, we're talking about Kyrie ending his last season with the Mavericks as a free agent, now looking for his next team. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if in three or four months he tries to angle his way to the Lakers, the Clippers. <laughs> I would not be surprised in the least. Uh, his contract becomes tradable. I believe the date for the NBA is usually December 15th. I just would not mm-hmm. be surprised if before the season ends, uh, you know, we see Kyrie there or see Kyrie trying to get out of there. Because while he might not have complained Kyrie. or we didn't see. Sure. I just want to say real quick. Uh, while we didn't see him necessarily complain about Dallas, it didn't seem yeah. like he was raving about Dallas, even like he was about Boston in his early days in Boston, you know, or even yeah. committed to Brooklyn as he was. I completely was. And I said this. I believe when he got traded to Dallas, I was completely ready for him to have a new team this summer. I thought he was going to the Lakers for sure this summer. Uh, So I just would not, whether it's one season, two seasons, a half a season, I would not be shocked or surprised to see Kyrie angling his way out of Dallas. But I do like what Dallas did with their roster. I think it complements him and Luka well. I really love them bringing Seth Curry back. Uh, as, as well as the Grant Williams signing and the defensive He's versatility they guy. have, uh, they have tr- they have tradable pieces. So if they can, uh, you know, if they can make that work, Kyrie's 
yeah, they can make that work. You got shooters around Luka and Kyrie. Kyrie, you know, they can each kind of be that combo guard, Luka and Kyrie. I think they complement each other well. If they can play defense, you know. I don't think we're talking about a contender here, not yet at least, but, you know, they're certainly better than last year, which is, you know, something that you'd want to say if you have Luka and Kyrie. So what was they're your question, though, puncher, on Kyrie? Um, I was about to say, they're one of those puncher chances contenders, not like where you're like a true go into the season. Like, yeah, they definitely have championship aspirations, but one of those teams, if they gel well, you're like, okay, they get the right break. Maybe they can get something. Is what I think you're starting to see. They with could them. be a four. But they could be a four seed and in the, in the right four five seed and then the right mm-hmm. breaks for them. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. yeah, mess around from there. See what happens. But, but the West is serious right. still. Yeah, the West is still serious. Okay, higher chance Kyrie retires or finishes out his contract. <laughs> with Three Dallas. Years. So. I honestly, I might put it on. It's bad like, that we have to think about it. If we, if we all have to think about bad. it, that tells it's you your about, answer right there. It's about 50-50. Uh, I think he could. I don't I think, I think he stays, but uh, it's close. Because I do think he goes two years. Kyrie's one of the only. Contract. Kyrie's one of the only players I can see retiring early. And if he retired, I would, e- I would take it equally as serious as I would unserious. Because I'd be like, all right, it's Kyrie. You know, who knows what yep. he's thinking two weeks from now but then i would also yeah. say that's Kyrie. he's hella stubborn maybe he never plays again um i don't know i really don't know i i find it hard to believe he's going to be a maverick and you know go like i said going into the 2026 27 offseason or whatever it is uh i think he'll definitely play on one other team um and who knows i mean who knows what happens with luca i don't know when luca's contract is up exactly um but who knows? I mean, D- Dallas hasn't done themselves any favors with Luka, aside from what firing Rick Carlisle, which you could argue is a terrible decision. He's one of the he's a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, yeah. So I mean, their roster building around Luka has not been great the entire time. This is probably the best job they've done. So it's a wait and see kind of thing. Uh, having been, having been, you know, rooting for a team that's had Kyrie before. When it's great, it's fucking great. It's amazing. When it's bad, yeah. it's bad. And uh, funny enough, Esteban Ramos, when uh, the first James Harden news came up, he was all about trading James Harden for Kyrie, which was, you know, crazy to think just because, you know, how unreliable Kyrie could be. But it was funny to hear that coming from him for sure. But I'd probably take Kyrie before James Harden, honestly, but that's neither here nor Um, there. It depends on the team. I think player for player, I think Kyrie right now is probably a better player. Then, yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say, oh, well, I have him on the ranking. I have Kyrie a better player than Harden if you're going straight up. I think, depending on the team, I might have James Harden over Kyrie. And just to clarify, because you had asked uh, quickly, uh, Lucas in the second year of a five-year max deal, and he has mm. a player option in that last year. So 26-27 would be the year he has a player option. So he in the twenty twenty six going same into that six off season he so yeah pretty much the same window so that three years they got Luca and Kyrie essentially for the next three years but mm-hmm. we never know if a player if if Luca wanted out tomorrow he would probably be traded by the end of the season like so like obviously it's the NBA now where players kind of control their own Dictate. destiny less a little less with this new CBA but they kind of control their own destiny so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm not 
uh, I don't know if you had, a, as had another point or not. If not, I was going to get – let's just talk about Dame now. Like, let's get it in. Yeah. Dame. Uh, let's talk Dame. Let's talk about Damian Lillard. Let's talk about Dame Dalla himself. I'm going to get – I'm going to go quickly here. Obviously, he's trying to make it so he goes to Miami and nowhere else. Like, today he just came out with a, yeah, I'm not going anywhere but Miami. Obviously, the Blazers are in a position right now where they don't – they have four years on his deal. They don't have to move him. But it's now starting to probably deter other teams from really putting in serious offers because it's like, is he coming? Is he going? Would he actually be happy there? The thing about Dame is he is – He's not like Harden in the sense like Harden w- would fat his way out of somewhere. Dame's going Dame's like KD like when KD requested a trade last year, but KD played every game that he was healthy, he was on the court and he was playing hard because that's just who KD is. Like when when it's basketball time, it's basketball time. He's going to play that. The same thing with Dame. When it's basketball time, it's basketball time. I'm just going to go play regardless even though I may want to do this, I may want to do that. I think for Portland's sake, it would be great to trade him before the year starts because clearly they are moving forward for the future. You've got Scoot. You've got Anthony Simons. You've got – I always forget their third. I always forget their third. Grant. Jeremy Grant. They've got Jeremy Grant, but there's like Simmons. Yusuf Nurkic. Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp. Thank you. I, I always forget yeah. his name, but he doesn't say. They've got young pieces there where they can start to mold into – the next version, next generation, I'll say, of the Blazers. But Dame is that last – Dame and Nurkic are really that last piece to move out of there. Nurkic's contract's tough to move. but So I think I do think Dame's going to end up in Miami. It'll probably end up being a three-team trade because they really are set on not wanting Hero, even though it kind of confuses me because Hero's 23, averages 21-5-4 last year. So it's not like he's a terrible player by any means. And he's young. I don't know. I felt like you could probably get him and flip him or even get him and have him there for a year. I don't think he really hurts the development of any of your younger guys, but I I think I do think Dame's going to end up getting to Miami and I'm kind of cuz I pay attention more to media I know than you guys prop than you guys possibly do. I'm getting annoyed of hearing about it. I kind of just want it to happen. It's been like yeah. nonstop of like hey, you may get this, you may get that. I just this Dame just Blazers, Miami, work out the trade, get him over in Miami, and then we can be the favorites. Go ahead, Cam. Yeah, so for me, this thing has been really tricky because, like, the Blazers kind of, I feel like, have to honor Dame with what he wants because of who he has been for them for so long and just staying loyal and all that. But also, they got to get the best deal that they can get. Like, it's a business when it comes down to it. And if other people are offering other things that are better, then you got to do it. Now, here's the thing that's tricky with this, I think. Um, I think Portland is looking at some of the trades we saw last year, such as Rudy Gobert and DeJounte Murray and what they got for those two dudes. And saying, yep, and saying, how did these – Utah Jazz get these players and these draft picks for Rudy Gobert. I deserve this much more for Dame Lillard, Damian Lillard. Um, and I just don't know what that's going to look like. Slash Damian Lillard's deal and his contract is kind of crazy for how 
old he is in some ways. And um, so any other team outside of the Heat, I don't really know if they're going to do it. So if Dame's going somewhere, it's going to be the Heat. And or, I don't know what the Trailblazers' idea is yet, but I could see a Dame to the 76ers and he him being happy about that for James Harden and something else. I don't know what that deal would look like yet, but I think Dame and Joel Embiid could work. It would be fun to watch. Um, I really do see him going to the Heat in the long run. I see this weird things of like the five teams that want him and the Celtics wanting him. I would be kind of pissed if they traded Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard right now. Um, So that's not my favorite move. I really hope that he ends up in the heat and I would love him in that Jersey. And I think they should just do the deal that they've been offered or add a third team. I just don't know what that looks like yet. Yeah. Kyle, you're good to go. And then I'll respond. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think, Look, anytime this happens with a star where they request a trade and then, like, the first team that's linked to them, everyone just thinks, like, that's where they're going. Uh, Rarely do they ever go to that team. Uh, Mm. I will say the two times it did happen, the two times it did actually happen, and I was surprised by it, was James Harden going to Brooklyn because that was rumored, like, within that week or two, and then it actually ended up happening. And then Mm -hmm. KD with the Suns because he made it pretty clear last summer he wanted to go to Phoenix. And then Anthony he requested Davis. the trade quietly. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis too, but that was a bit different. We all knew we all knew it was going there. He signed with Clutch over All Star Weekend and some bullshit like that one was. Yeah. That one was a little more forward. You know what I mean? Obvious. Um, yeah. But yes, you're correct. Anthony Davis to the Lakers, but um, and then like you guys both said, you know, if your best package for Damian Lillard is Tyler Hero, who is a good young player, but. If I got Damian Lillard, who just is fresh off of scoring 70 in a game, uh, is fresh off a, what was he, second team All-NBA? He was an All-NBA guy this year, I believe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I want a little more than Tyler Hero, especially if I got Scoo and Anthony, who can both hoop. Like, they, yeah, this is a young team, but you give me the right piece back, I can be a playing team. Yeah. Nah, I'm not training Dame for Tyler Hero unless that third team's got some real pieces that I can get back. And that's what's crazy about all this is. And then you know what? If they don't, you keep Dame. Because like you said, they don't have to trade Dame. He'll play. Like Keenan said. Yeah, he'll play. He's not going to be James Harden. He's not going to make it uncomfortable for you. So I could see Mm -hmm. I could definitely see a scenario where, you know, we see Dame getting moved at the trade deadline. And who knows what all the rosters look like. Yeah. Kind of like KD. I don't think and, you know, his was a little more. Yeah. His was a little more specific, but what were you saying, Cam? I don't I don't think he gets traded before the season starts. I really don't. I don't think they get the deal they want before the I'm season. I'm starting to starts. I'm starting to trend that way as well. I'm starting to trend that way as well. But if there were a team to do it, if there was a team with the best package for him, it is the Celtics of Boston and Jalen Brown. Who has yet to sign his uh, his supermax extension? Just throwing that out there. And then there was a report today that the Celtics are keeping Jalen Brown, which I was like, cool. Like they have no intention of getting on the Dame sweepstakes. I don't believe that for a sec. Um, Brad Stevens showed his inner Danny Ainge with trading Marcus Smart. He didn't even let Marcus Smart know, which was baffling to me because if there was one person you told me was in Marcus Smart's corner, it was Brad Stevens. <laughs> You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Smart's been in trade rumors 
the entire Danny Ainge era into this Brad Stevens era as Brad Stevens as, you know, president of basketball ops, right? Um, Always thrown in trade rumors, this and that. And then Brad Stevens, lo and behold, trades him when, uh, you know, it was originally going to be Brogdon. So now that they're coming out, they didn't come out and say last year when Jalen was in these KD discussions, they didn't come out and deny it at all. Now all of a sudden they come out and deny it with Dame Lillard. I think that could be a smokescreen. I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen... At some point, maybe it's in February. It doesn't have to be this offseason. But I would not be surprised if that was the move. Because that trumps, by far, that trumps Tyler Hero and some picks. You know? Um, Boston's yeah, picks. So. I think they have other teams' picks they could move. They wouldn't just be their late-round picks, which would be similar to Miami's because they're you know both always in the playoffs. But that's the best package if Portland wanted to wait. And it probably will get awkward if he does go into the season and it's Scoo, it's Anthony Simons, and it's Dame. Yeah, that could get awkward. Uh, Scoot's ready to start and play right now. That could be an okay team, low-key. They won't be a contender, but they could be a playoff team with their roster as currently constructed. Um, So I don't know, man. It's going to get messy. It's going to get weird. If he does get traded, I just don't see it being Miami. You know, that would have happened a week ago if that was the case. You know what I mean? So I don't see it unless, like I said, if that third team comes in and, you know, it's enough pieces for Portland and enough pieces for, you know, Miami as well because they'd get pieces coming back. And then that third team, I don't know. That's a lot. It's a lot. And this new CBA has a lot of ramifications. I just don't know. I don't see it happening. Yeah. So At least not this offseason. Th- if it happened in February, I could see that. I do think I do think Dame will end up in Miami. I actually do think it happens before the season. Uh the Jamie Jacquez Jr. For Tyler Hero? For Tyler Hero? Uh, hold on. And Jamie Jacquez. I think No, 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 oh, hold man. on. No, hold on. I'm not saying that that's the trade. I'm saying that there could be a three-team trade. I, I mean, you have to think Pat Riley is a guy who put off a five-team trade. So, like, it, it, he could happen. I'm not saying that it's going to be exactly that. Because, obviously, the package right now is Tyler Hero, Nikola Jovic, uh, Jacquez uh, Jr., Caleb Martin possibly, and then a 2027. And Jovic is the key. First. If you, Yo, if, they're giving up if Jovic comes out, I'm saying Jovic, if Jovic comes out, like let's say this trade doesn't happen, I'm saying if this t- trade doesn't happen in the off season, and Jovic ends up getting minutes for Miami because he didn't play much last year, but let's say he plays 20 to 23 minutes for Miami, and really is that prospect he's supposed to be because he was considered a steal where he was drafted by Miami last year. If he could show he was, you know, that force, because I think he's like, what, 6'10", 6'11", he can shoot, he can handle, he's got some athleticism. If he can show he's that, then that uh, changes the Dame trade a little bit. Because if you're getting that with Hero, then okay, cool. We just haven't seen it. He didn't play much last year. He got mostly garbage time minutes. So, I don't know, it doesn't really behoove Portland to do anything right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I... The only thing is going into the season, if you want Scoot to be Scoot, I think, I mean, obviously not that it's going to completely hinder him, but it's going to kind of set his timetable back just a hair because you're obviously going to be starting and playing Dame 36 plus minutes a game because, again, it's Dame. I think it enhances him. I don't think it enhances him. If you're playing with Dame Lillard, that only enhances your game. I don't think it. Especially as a point guard. I don't because he's a point guard as well. 
I think it, I think yeah, if you, you had someone Dame like Chris, up in the I corner. think if you, Dame's not going to come off the ball like that. Dame's going to have the ball in his hands. I think if you had someone like Dame, C- Dame's played, Dame's played with CJ McCollum. He's played he's played and Anthony Simons. Yeah, Those I are d- both guards with the balls in their hands. But you know I, what I mean? I don't think Pause. Dame's going to just spot but up though. I mean, you have all three of them. If Scoot's in the game, he's going to spot up. Yeah, he's an all-world shooter. They're going to have Scoot on the Can't ball you. at times. It's not going to be like. Completely yeah. off the ball, well, like Clay Thompson. Of course, they're gonna have people but. around, but I think that, like, if it's this is going, this is going to be Scoot's team going forward, going into the season. If you have Dame, it's not Scoot's team. That's my point in saying that. Yeah. Like, yes, but that's still gonna play next to each only other. enhance Scoot's. I wouldn't say that's only gonna enhance Scoot though. If you're playing with a, if you're playing with a future Hall of Famer, that's not gonna detract from your game, especially someone who complements your game in a slash and kick league. I guess. I mean. It just depends on how they play him and how they have the system. I mean, it all depends. But anyways, regardless, if he is there and it enhances the game, if he's not there and it doesn't, regardless, whatever, it doesn't really make too much of a difference here. What I was saying was I think that (laughs) – what I'm just saying, I think that the Heat are going to be able to get a three-team trade done prior to because they are definitely an organization that has done that in the past. We'll see though, because we don't know. What I don't Dame. see it. Okay, we'll see. I don't see and, it. And we'll see. I think there's other. See. I think there's other teams over there's time. No one's, no one's and again, it depends offer. on contracts. It depends on and contracts, J- but man, if With they Jaylen if they Brown, wanted if Boston to wanted to offer Jalen Brown, I don't think they. Would. I'm just I just saying, if Boston wanted to offer Jalen Brown, that. They won't do I don't, that. He's too old I don't to know. do that. I just don't know. Because I mean, I mean, if they don't give him an Jaylen extension, Brown? they're definitely not going to. No, t- Damian Lillard's too old for the Celtics to be cool with that. Celtics are only good if they keep Brown. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's tough. This, I mean, but if, like you said, if it's mid-season, you got, yeah. You got Dame and Tatum. You got Dame, Tatum, don't and Porzingis. That's nice. And everyone but, else. But in two years, Dame's going to turn into Chris Paul. Has, and you're just paying him $35 million. Also, has Jalen Brown? Know. I mean, do I you think Jalen Brown signs by February? I hope so. I don't know. I would assume he signs before. I think he has until September to, to sign. I'm just saying because if you I think don't, he has until then September he's going to sign. into the season, and I don't know if he stays in Portland for a season. So, like, like, I mean, you have to think of what team's best interest is for trading for Dame. The Celtics Sixers do not want to give up Tyrese Maxey, so if they don't give up Maxey the Tyler Hero and everything is not going to be better than the Harden because obviously you're just trading an old superstar for an old star who's not going to get you over the hump. So what, what's the point in that, especially with Harden, I have a couple of years on his deal. The Spurs really don't have anything to offer him. These are all the teams that are linked. The Jazz, I mean, they possibly could, but he wouldn't want to get traded. What about the Clippers, like, though? So I don't think that – I mean, the Clippers aren't going to give up Paul George nor Kawhi Leonard, and if they don't do that, then they're not going to have a package. I'd give up PG. Again, I mean, I'd this is if the teams, if the Celtics were to give up Jalen Brown, they have a better deal. If the 76ers were to give up Tyrese Maxey, they would have a better deal. If the yep, Clippers were to give won't. up Paul George, they would have a better deal. These teams that would have the possibility and the capabilities of having a better deal. I mean, obviously, if the Heat give up Bam, they'd have a better. But like, for what the Heat are that offering, doesn't make the team good. No, yep. for what the Heat are offering, no one's offered or even remotely said they're offering a better deal as of right now, which is why I don't think. Because the market out there. That's I why mean, you keep them, though. If you're, if you're Portland, then you keep them. It doesn't I make guess, your team better I mean, to trade. If you, That's not a trade you want. You don't just do it just because that's what you want. But then you would have to trade Ant. 
and Fareed Sam, um, I mean, at some, I mean, at some point, you're going to want to move off of him. Like, if he clearly has demanded a trade and wants to be out, at, at some, some point. point, you're going to move off of him. Like, you're not just going to keep him all four years for his contract. No, but he's going to it's gonna play. Like, if you don't trade him immediately, he's going to play at least until the deadline. But then they'll revisit at the deadline. Um, but no, obviously not the four years, but, you know, you don't have to trade him just because he asked for a trade. I mean... You know, that's well, no, I mean, kind I mean, of why the contract's I mean, there. Well, of course. I'm not saying that they're going to. I just think the deal will get done, but I'm not going to. If it doesn't get done doesn't, until the All-Star break or if it doesn't even get done until the offseason, I guess. I mean, next year's offseason, I guess. I just think it, po- it will get done. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. And, oh, my point was with Jones, with Jock, is you can't trade him for, like, another 27 days. So if Miami was to offer a trade and have him in the package – they wouldn't be able to actually accept it and make a deal within the next like twenty mm-hmm. days. So you won't see it if he's gonna be if their rookie this year is going to be in the trade. That's that was really the point what I was trying to bring up with that and then we went on different tangents, you know. Yep. And uh and Portland has all the leverage. Dame has no no trade clause like Bradley Beal did. So it's not like he can say like, No, I'm not going to this team, I'm mm-hmm. not going to this team. So if they get any sort of offer at any time, and again, it helps Portland the fact that Dame still got three or four years left on his contract. If he had one or two, okay, then maybe we do trade him to Miami or something like that. Then we do have, you know, we're under pressure to make a deal. The fact that it's four years and, you know, teams can kind of wait, see what happens, see how Portland plays, uh, see how your young players develop and how they play and watch their players become trade pieces. I think this, like Cam said, I think this only increases the timeline here. I don't think he gets traded before, you know, training camp. I don't. Yeah. Um, they probably want to see Jovic I think, play. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think he's the key. Cause he, he is one that if he, if he's what he's supposed to be as a prospect, he could be someone you want as a foundation for your franchise, you know, not necessarily a franchise player, but you want him as a, you know, B or C block next to your a block being school. Um, so yeah, no, they could, you know, you see Jovic ball out for 20 or 30 games, then, yeah, that increases it completely. Yeah, give me him and Hero. But currently constructed, Portland doesn't have to move for Dame, even though they both, you know, that's clearly the decision they both wanted. Um, but, no, they don't have to move for him right now. And it, it would be stupid to, you know. But especially if you don't know what you have in Jovic if you're Portland. But, you know, we'll see. This is an ongoing situation, clearly, and I can't wait to see how awkward it gets. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see moving forward. Um, so I do have a question. Thus far, who do you feel has the best offseason? What teams had the best offseason thus far? I like what the Lakers have done. Don't all jump at once. I agree, but go on. I like what the Lakers have done. They, uh, they re-signed Austin Reeves, which I thought was big. I thought... I'm shocked no one really, like, threw the bag at him. I thought that was going to happen for sure and, like, put some pressure at, on L.A. I didn't get like, that contract And they just welcomed him back. got him on a great deal. Uh, you yeah, because he could have signed for, like, 98 Brown million. One? Yeah, four yeah. years, 56? That's, like, a, gr- that's a great yep. deal for Austin Reed. That's cheap. Especially because that's cheap for, for like, him. I just said Bruce Brown did two for 45 or something. Yeah, like, in two years, Austin Reeves could be, like, one of the most underpaid players in the league because if he keeps, like, not that he's going to get to superstar level or anything, but, like, at post-All-Star break, he was averaging, like, 17 a game. If he comes in this year, 
same kind of thing. Gets up to 20 a game. It's not like it's a crazy jump from 17 to 20, like in that portion. Like he could be a 20-point-per-game yeah. guy, really a third option on a borderline championship team. Like that is a very valuable piece that's more than 13 and a half a year. So he could end up being something like that. They got him on a great deal. And also getting Gabe Vincent, I think that's a great pickup. Mm-hmm. You got a guy who can that one is. who can orchestrate an offense for a 10-minute stretch if he needs to. Say LeBron goes to the bench. If Austin Reeves, you can put him off ball. But also when Bron's on the court and orchestrating the offense, that's a, that's a spot-up guy. Plus, he's going to play hard defensively. He's not – He's not going to be there. He's not a liability, obviously. We saw him throughout the playoffs play good defense on Jamal Murray, uh, all the other guards that he played against, Brogdon, Smart, and going forth. So I think they've had a great offseason. I think the Lakers, personally to me, have had probably the best. And they even got D'Angelo if they need to trade somebody for a little trade piece too. So I like what they've done. Yeah, they got deeper. They got deeper. Yes. Um. You know, it's the ongoing thing with L.A. I'm interested to see if LeBron really does give the keys to A.D. Like he said he was going to like four years ago. Or if he takes him. Um, yeah, if he takes him. Uh, so, I don't know. You know, the Lakers are kind of an ongoing story. I think LeBron's for sure there, at least this year. And then he can kind of opt out. And he's kind of tied to whatever Bronny does. So, yeah. that's a story I'm interested in following because yeah. I think... Regardless, like if this season for some reason went sour, I don't see LeBron demanding a trade because he's going to want to be there at least until, what, March with Bronny? And, you know, that's past yeah. the trade deadline. So I don't imagine yeah. if the Lakers bought LeBron out in like March and LeBron just was free to go to any contender. That would that be insane. That would be hilarious. That would be that absolutely would be hilarious. insane. He would go to the Warriors. I already know it. Like, I already have like a he feeling would. he would go to that. He would instantly, because like Golden, if there was going to be <laughs> one team that could seamlessly put him in like instantly to their offense, it would be Golden State. He would just be like, hey, I'm going to be a better Draymond Green. Draymond, you be, you be the rim runner guy. Like, I'm going to just be a better you. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> He'd be like, okay, LeBron. Like, so right, how do y'all feel about the Warriors offseason with the Jordan Poole moves? Uh, you know, Jordan Poole for Chris Paul. Talk about my best it's a weird friend. one. <laughs> oh, Camden, my fault. So you, my fault. Camden, my you fault. talk Boy, about your best grade fault. and then go right into the Warriors. We'll give you the floor for like <laughs> yeah. eight minutes. You Thanks, go. Friends. You just go. <laughs> um, I would say the Lakers would have one of the best, but I personally think a team that I liked more than that, we talked about them already, is the um, Mavericks. I think getting mm. Kyrie back, which is something that I did not think they were going to do, is actually huge. Um, I yes. think that addition, I, I really truly went into this year thinking that they did not get him back, and they did, which is great. They also got Grant Williams, which is huge. Mm-hmm. I love Holmes. He's another big dude. Seth Curry has played best there. Um, yes. He's been best on that team. A dude that I'm excited to see back is they got Dante Exum, who I yep. haven't seen in forever. Um, and that name is mad funny to me because I think he was supposed to be really good. He was a top lottery pick, and he was nothing. But I'm really, really into this team's team. Um, I'm really... I'm really loving what they've done to make this team a somewhat defensive unit with this Luka and Kyrie bad off defense mm-hmm. unit that they have going on. So I really like what they've put around there. Trading um, Bertans for some cap space was huge. So I really like the Mavs. Probably 
honestly a little bit more than the Lakers because the Lakers also got back some people, but I expected them to run it back again in a lot of ways. Um, and they did make some additions, not going to lie. But I don't know what Gabe Vincent fully looks like on that team yet either. So I really like what the Mavs did. Um, if they would have gotten Thibault, I would agree with you. I think the Lakers, because yeah. they didn't end up getting Thibault, I think the Lakers edge them out for me personally. But I do, uh-huh. I definitely respect what the Mavericks have done. But you go on with your uh, yeah. Warriors thoughts too. Uh, now my Warriors. I just want to say, bef- yeah. I just want to say before you go, you Kim, go, I had no idea yeah. that the Mavericks signed Dante Exum. I had no idea about that, <laughs> and I just yeah, looked it up. He must have. <laughs> My memory must be cloudy because it said he last played in 21 for the Cavs, and it said he played six games. So he must have had a season-ending injury for them and just sat out all of the last two years. I guess. Or maybe he played overseas. I don't know what happened, but that's – like he's before. in theory – he's in theory a good pickup. I don't know. Former lottery picks who are like him, who are – he's like a big guard. He's like, what, 6'6 six, six and a point guard? That's intriguing oh, yeah. to me because that could go that could go well with the right coach. You know what I mean? If he buys in defensively, mm-hmm. um, uh, like Dennis Smith Jr. is like that. Like he he's he's a good. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna give you information. He played uh, in the Euro League. He actually didn't start every game. Uh-huh. Uh, he pl- he oh. started seventeen of his sixty three games. He played in twenty one, twenty two, and twenty two, twenty three. So he's been in the Euro. Right. He's been overseas. So that's what Dante's that- been doing. Got you. Got you. Yeah. No, I just, you know, really just want to say like how former lottery picks who kind of flame out intrigue me as bench options, you know, um, Marco same Williams. with the NFL too. Cause yeah. Yeah. Carter Williams. He's, he's an interesting one. He, he's, he's a really weird one. He like peaked he in his first really game of the season. First game of his career. He peaked. Just, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. But okay, Cam. A true one. So, CP3 to the Warriors is confusing to me. Slash, interesting with, I wonder if they held off on that trade for a while and are in on this um, Damian Lillard talk, what that team would look like. Because Damian Lillard, I think, would be interested in playing with the Warriors and that would be a crazy team. But CP3 to the Warriors... Splash Brothers on steroids. Yep. I... I do not love it, to be honest. I like the idea of Steph playing the two in some ways, but this team is going to be so small. I don't know what they're going to – if Draymond Green's going to be your five and Wiggins is your four, your team yeah. is really, really small. Um, and CP3 plays – he's a slow player, and the Warriors want to play fast, in my opinion. They want to play fast. They want to run and gun. They want to go. CP3, he's he's going to see and you're going to run a play with him in a lot of different ways. You're not zooming. And he's not the best three-point shooter. And I, I don't think the Warriors were the best three-point shooting team last year. And they won't be this year. They don't have the dudes besides Clay and Curry, which I think they're great. And Wiggins can be on and off at some points. But there's teams out there that can go five deep with three-point shooters like the Nuggets. Um, and I'm just not loving the CP3 move. I'm interested in it. I don't think it helps them defensively, though. And I don't know what that offense looks like. For the Wizards, I think they're going to be bad. But if you play fantasy basketball, I would <laughs> definitely pick up Jordan Poole because he's going to shoot that's, that's all that he wants. That's 25 a game. It depends yep. <laughs> on what kind of league you play. Like in, um, yep. in the Kyle 
the league that Kyle and I play with, like Nate Kennison and everybody, the category mm-hmm. league, he might not be a great pick because he'll okay. put up points, but the percentages might not be there because he's going to be Max. putting a volume. But at the same time, he might get you assists. He might put up like 26, 3, and 7. Like that, like yeah. he, that's very possible for Jordan mm-hmm. Poole. So depending on what league you play in, Jordan Poole definitely could be a fantasy option. But, yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't love the move. Uh, he was kind of around twenty-five and seven when Steph was out. Like when mm-hmm. Steph's out, it's kind of where he was. I mean, he might not. He might be like at five, but like seven's a possibility. Not that I think it might happen. I just think yeah. he has the ball in his hand so much that he is a he is a decent passer. It's just if he's willing or not to pass. And so I think he'll see. have it more on this team. <laughs> yeah. And one last thing with CP three, him and Kuzma is, will be crazy. They will be. One more thing with CP3 is I know it's not his choice per se that he went to the Warriors, but I just am like, this is such a cop-out. CP3, Chris Paul, you've been just owned by the Warriors and Steph Curry for so long. For so long, this team has owned you, and Steph Curry has owned you. And (laughs) It's not 2014 no more. Nope. He's in that last year. To see him go there. (laughs) To see him go there just kind of – it's so whack to me. I'm like, ugh, it doesn't work. But that's my two cents on that move. All right. Um, quick thoughts. I do think – I for some reason, I think there's another move coming with Chris Paul. Like, I don't know if he finishes oh. the season there. Like, obviously, we haven't even talked about the Suns and the Bradley Beal trade yet. But, um, like, Bradley <laughs> – it feels like when Chris Paul is – not the greatest player anymore, but he's still a big name. It feels like when you have a big name, you already have like the welcome jersey and things like that. Like just the way everybody's gone about it in the Warriors organization, like they're very calculated. Like Clay was like, Yeah, it's gonna like we're fine. He's a winner. Like he wins everywhere he goes, but it's gonna be weird. Steph was like, Yeah, it's we're kinda weird. Like it's nice. Chris Ball's a great player, but it's kinda weird. Like it's just the way they're all going about it, it almost feels as if it's a one because it's a one-year deal. It's an expiring contract, so teams who are eager to get some someone off the books, he, like they're not going to trade it for this. But like say Nurkic, like Nurkic has got multiple years on his deal. You could swap that. They'd get Chris Paul, have him for one season, and then he's off the books. You got a free twenty-nine million. <coughs> so a team like that, like there's teams out there who might you might be able to flip him for, depending on what they want and who's interesting. I. So I don't know he's there. It just seems like the offseason just seems really weird for someone who, like, of his – like, like when the Clippers got Westbrook, it felt like it was more welcoming than it, the mm. Warriors getting uh, yeah. Chris Paul. That So that's my thought on it right now. They, I don't know if he's actually there all year. If it is, yeah. though, basketball-wise, it's going to be interesting to see him – Kind of see how much Steph is off ball with him there. Like, is he coming off the bench? Uh, how many minutes does he play? Like, how they organize, like how it's run. Because also, he's gonna be fresh too. Like, how much they play him? Like, do they sit him every third game because he is old? So it'll be interesting to see basketball wise what Steve Kerr does. He's a brilliant mind, so he'll figure out something mm-hmm. if he's there. But I think that by the trade deadline, he could be gone. And but Kyle, you're good to go. Yeah, I definitely a weird move. I think everybody who's a basketball fan thought that when you see Jordan Poole moved for Chris Paul, 
mm-hmm. uh, after the initial Chris Paul trade. You know, Chris Paul gets traded for Bradley Beal, goes to the Wizards. We all know he's either getting bought out. I think we all assumed he was getting bought out, honestly, instead of traded. And the yeah. next thing we see is Poole, who they signed to an extension last year, traded for Chris Paul, which tells me that they do want him there, you know? So, because you have Jordan Poole as an asset. Why? Or that, or Maybe that's not, one but it's got to be more than 40... It's got to be more than 40-year-old Chris Paul, I would assume, especially if you could have him on the buyout market. So the fact that they traded Jordan Poole for him, it shows me that they kind of want to go back in the direction of having vets off the bench, a la Iguodala, a la Sean Livingston, those kind of guys that they had in the past. Andrew Bogut, who they had on their team. They really like these seasoned veterans who are you know, either former stars or had a ton of potential like Sean Livingston. He he was once upon a time a lottery pick. Uh, so I think that's where they're going is these high IQ players off the bench. Chris Paul, I'll be interested to see what the rest of their moves are because uh, right now their roster seems pretty thin as is. Like Cam said, they would have Wiggins at the four, Draymond at the five, and then, yeah, you got Chris Paul as your sixth man. Um, you know, yeah. if you do have Chris Paul, though, running yeah, that point guard Joe, off though. the bench – Corey Joseph? Yeah, they got Corey Joseph, though. Don't you worry. That's a huge move for them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, again, that's a that's an IQ player. That's someone who used to be in the sport, Spurs organization. I forgot he was even still in the league, honestly. So, I mean, uh, that kind of seems like where they want to go is these high IQ players, less about athleticism like they had with Wiseman, less about skill with Poole. So, I'm interested to see how they fill out their roster, especially at the big sp- position they just lost DiVincenzo as well so for Joseph to be their DiVincenzo replacement who I thought was like a perfect warrior I think that's someone who's right in the ilk of what Kerr wants as a player but he just signed a good deal Mm -hmm. with the Knicks um so yeah I'm really interested to see how they do as far as as far as wings did he actually the final number was bigger than DiVincenzo I'm gonna look it was it was right there. It was let me look at his contract real quick. It was a four um, year fifty million dollar deal with the Knicks and Reeves was four year fifty six. So it was like a right there with Austin Reeves and I would obviously I would say Austin Reeves has decent more value than DiVincenzo, even though DiVincenzo in the right system is a very good yeah. player for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean Reeves has all star potential. Right that's a that's I didn't realize they were that close in value as far as their contracts go. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, it seems like the one player they did keep, at least for right now, out of the young guys is Kaminga, who I would think has the most potential. I would assume that means he's going to get big minutes and be right in the thick of things with the rotation. Um, we saw him perform well when Draymond was out towards the end of the season. Um, so I don't know. They're a weird team to me. They're like right in the middle between. They're like a faux contender to me right now. You know what I mean? Like, if you told me they would be contending by the end of the year, I could see it. But if you told me they're going to be kind of where they were last year, obviously not as bad on the road. I don't see that happening again. And I see their chemistry being a lot better because Draymond and Jordan Poole clearly never recovered, uh, especially Jordan Poole. Um, I just don't know. I really do not know what the hell to make of their team at all. They just, like, when I'm picturing them right now, all I can think of is, like, Small wings on top of their guards, you know, with Chris Paul, with Steph, with Clay. And, you know, Clay gave us two really good months going into the playoffs last year. Maybe, but. There's just. Man, I'm just just looking at their roster. If that's the case. 
if that's the case, that's a really poor job in their front office because I think you could have got more for Jordan Poole than Chris Paul. If that's the case, because if you move Jordan Poole just to get Chris Paul and you just want Chris Paul as an asset, then what are you doing? Because Jordan Poole, I would think, is the better asset than Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul is someone you want on a championship team, which is what Golden State aspires to be. But if you're going all in and trading your, what, 23 a year, million dollar player for Chris Paul, I would hope he's part of your plans. Because uh, yeah, what are you going to get for Chris Paul the only thing I can think of is an expiring contract for teams like that for younger for like teams that are looking to move off of money. That's all, because just looking at their roster right now, you've got obviously Steph, you got obviously Clay, Corey Joseph, obviously, and it's more just going to be a veteran guy that might play some minutes. But you still got Moses Moody, you still got Gary Payton the second. So like right there, that is more actually guards. like legitimately four guards already. That. That is a 48 rotation from both spots, just the guards. I mean, Clay can obviously play the three, but you really have Wiggins already to play the three, and you've got Kaminga, who's a kind of a combo forward in, per se. He can play the three, he can play the four, depending on the lineup. So, like, like just it all to me, it feels one of two things is happening, and I'm not saying what either one is. It's either the Jordan Poole market was much worse than we thought it was going to be in the Chris mm. Paul trade. In the Chris Paul trade, allow like maybe if you trade Chris Paul in Kaminga, you could get like a legitimate piece from there, like at the trade deadline. I don't know either that or they've they're having them in his plans or they very much miscalculated on what they thought that they could get swinging it for Chris Paul. Like that just feels like one of the three options. I don't know what it is yet. We'll see, obviously, when it goes forward, but I, I don't know. It, it's, there's, the more and more I think about it, the less sense it makes stylistically and the less sense it makes financially, other than just it being an aspire, expiring contract after the season. And that's and I don't know, was the pool market that bad to where it they couldn't get any? Dude, you wouldn't think it could have been. Like, it could have been, been if like, we're talking – if we're talking hero for Dame Lillard, there's no way Jordan Poole's market was that bad. But, but the only there's reason no why way. I think it could have been that bad is because the they the lead. Not that Jordan Poole is that bad of a player, because I think Jordan Poole and Tyler Hero are pretty even in playing as a players. I think it might be more so the fact that they all knew, like the entire league knew, the Warriors needed to get off of Jordan Poole, but he had three years left on his maybe. Deal. So it's like you don't Maybe. have to you don't Maybe. have to overpay at all for it. But I I mean I don't know. I this is just speculation. Obviously, that's, I don't know, know if that's the case because I I've heard people on podcasts who were like beat reporters for the Warriors talking about how Jordan Poole was prepping to come back to the Warriors and was blindsided by the trade. So all that doesn't really add up if that's the case. And um, money wise, I think it's just Chris a really Paul's weird trade. Not cheaper. He's not cheaper, but he's on a one-year deal. That's what that. That's again, yeah. that, I'm getting sure, again. This is all just speculation it, of yeah. like making a guess because I have zero idea. Obviously, Bob Myers isn't there anymore. Dunleavy's there now, so new management might not be as wise because obviously Bob Myers has shown to be one of the savviest GMs that we've had in the league. Mm-hmm. Had in the league as of late. Obviously, Jerry West has been great. Ainge has been great. Stevens has shown to be well. So like. It just, didn't have the greatest draft know. history, though. 
No, like uh, who? The Warriors? Are you saying Bob Myers? The last few years. Oh yeah, no. Since since Clay, since Clay, I think he was the last one to arrive. Yeah, his draft history hasn't been the greatest. But they once, I mean, again, they hit on Dre, Clay, and Steph. So after that, they're like, you know what? We've got what we need. Let's just build after that. We'll just we'll get everything else. We got our top 10 player of all time, one of the greatest shooters ever, and one of the greatest defensive yeah. players ever. We did our job drafting. Let's just put things around them. So in fairness to them, that. But, yeah, no, you're right. Should have, in my opinion, should have went with Lamelo over Wiseman, who just signed a massive deal here too. Got a big extension. I want to talk about those types of deals too. That's my yeah, next no, question. There's, a, there's been a lot of them. There. Desmond I think they Bain tra- got a huge deal. I think they should have traded that. Pick. I want to know which one was your favorite. They should have traded. draft. No, they should have got Lamelo. Lamelo or traded it. They should have traded that pick. You're right. They should have traded that pick. Lamelo or traded it. But I would have gotten Lamelo because I think a six, I think a six eight guard who can dish the ball, who actually can still shoot a bit. With Steph oh would have been perfect. Steph and Clay would have been perfect. Been different. I think it would have yeah. been perfect. But again, if you trade that pick, I think you could have traded it and gotten legitimate assets. Wiseman, we thought was going to be cool, but also at the same time, he hadn't played much, so he, he already had. Forever. He already had that. Like, is he going to stay healthy? Like, when he's healthy and actually right, cool, he could probably play. But is he going to be healthy? When you already have that question at the number two, you can't. You can't take a yep. question mark, I guess, but like you can't take a question. I would have taken Lamelo because I don't think there was really much question to be there. I thought that he was going to be at yeah. least a great passer. Like we already knew he was going to pass great, and you could have used that in the Warrior system, especially on the break. Him, Steph, and Clay on the break. Yep. With Wiggins running, <laughs> in Kaminga, I don't know. I don't know. I w- I would have gone Lamelo, but yeah. Very, 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 very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so that was my first question. Um, my second question. Oh, do you have one, sorry, Kevin? I got a question, yeah. Okay, you, you go I first. Go. I, I got a yeah. couple, so you go. Mm-hmm. So mine is, with those rookie extensions, the ones I can think of are all the, all the people getting $207 million with their designated rookie extension. Yes. Arla Mello. Yep. Anthony Edwards. Yep. Desmond Bain. Tyrese Halliburton and Desmond Bain. Is that right? Uh, yes. I'll check and see right now. You those are the talking. big four. See if there's I believe – I think those are at least the big four. Yes. Out of those teams, only the Timberwolves made the play-in – I mean, made the playoffs with the play-in. That's how they got in. And the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies made it too. I'm curious. Which one of those people that just signed a five-year deal, which one in the five years has the best run, do you think? Or, like, sign the best one. Sign the best deal. I am an Anthony Edwards guy. I just don't know what he looks like in Minnesota for that long. So, I don't know what that looks like. So, I don't know if that's the best signing. LaMelo, I saw a little thing of him talking about when he signed it. And he said he wants to win MVP. I low-key believe that. Just this much. But, low-key believe he's going to go out there and do it. Um, (laughs) And Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey I like a lot. But, like... I don't know if they're making the playoffs anytime soon. So my question is, like, which one of the yes, Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton, sorry, yeah. which I love Halliburton. He's a great player. Yes. Um, I just don't know what that team looks like yet. I, I don't know what his role is because he's a he's more of a disher and he's a playmaker in a lot of ways. And they don't have too much there. And they've been talking about trading Buddy Heald and Miles Turner for like 
a decade, I feel. So, um, yep. And for the Grizzlies, I honestly don't love that signing because they're going to have to pay Desmond Bain, JJJ, and Jaw big money coming up. And Marcus Smart's going to want to be big money someday too. So I don't know how I feel about those. If they pay all of them, I mean, JJJ would be the odd one out unless Jaw keeps doing stupid stuff. But, I mean, Jaw got his extension, assuming, right? Jaw got his full, last did year, correct? Max, did he get a max extension? Okay, if he did, then he uh, he might I have. I mean, Zion did. I would I, assume Jaw did. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah, he did. He got he got yep. five years, a buck 97. So, essentially, so JJJ is actually, and if that's the case, that's pretty much their core going yeah. forward. Like, that's, like, because money-wise, you can't get a fourth, like, superstar with you that. You can't. So yep. like that's if that's the case, that's their core, and I wouldn't get rid of JJ. So it is interesting. I don't like. I feel like they're in a weird position where, with the uncertainty now, kind of ish of Jaja of ja Morant, like you don't want to let Bane just go, but at it's the true. same time you had to. But like you had to give him a big deal. So it was a little like back and forth. And since I'm talking, mm-hmm. I think that Anthony Edwards is probably the best, gonna be the best deal because I think he's the yes. best player out of all of them right now. You get you have an asset to trade in Carl Anthony Towns, uh, going forward. So I think you can build a. We'll see can if he like if Anthony really gets to that point where you can say like he can lead a championship team or be like there. I, I think I think that's the I think that's in his future. Lamelo, it's gonna be interesting to see what new ownership is gonna be now. We see because mm-hmm. Mike has Mike couldn't do anything. He was the exact opposite of his playing career. So. Yep. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Brandon Miller was the right play. I mean, obviously, it makes sense that they extended Lamelo because they didn't get Scoot. So you have Brandon Miller there. We'll see how that pans out there. Halliburton's going to be interesting too, just because he is there. Indiana again, as you said, they've been Miles Turner and Buddy Heald have been on the trade block since I was in high school. So like, it they don't really know what's going on there, and then I can't remember the last. Oh, Desmond Bain, we already talked about that. So I think Anthony Edwards yep. is probably the best one. And then I might say, honestly, LaMelo, then probably Bain, then Halliburton, all depending. But the Pacers are yeah. sneaky. They P- Pacers do sneaky things, and they have a, a really they good do. coach in Carlisle. So yep. they, they'll be very interesting to see Benedict what they do. Benedict Matherin is really good, too. I like Benedict yeah, so a lot th- this year. They'll be interesting seeing moving mm-hmm. forward what they've got. But, Kyle, yeah. you can answer that question now. Um, I'd, I would say the one I have the most questions about out of those four would be LaMelo. LaMelo is the one I do not know the most about when it comes to is he a winning player. Um, if we're going to compare him directly to Halliburton, I'll say this draft night. What was that draft? Was that the 2020 draft or 2019? Uh, I think it was 2020. I think that was the COVID draft. Either way, I remember me and, uh, friend of the pod Esteban Ramos texting we each said like if we had to bet on one big guard we'd take Halliburton over LaMelo and uh I still think that's true for me to this day I I mean I think when Halliburton went down this year I want to say Indiana was like a four or five or six seed there was somewhere in that range when he went Mm -hmm. down before his injury uh, they weirdly have a nice mix of vets and young guys on their roster. You mentioned Benedict Matherin. You mentioned Miles Turner. They got Rick Carlisle. I really like their squad. I like what they've done with this offseason. So I think 
I think if they keep everybody or if they got tradable assets, I think we're looking at a playing team, if not a playoff yeah, team they, I mean, for uh, Indiana. Brown and Obi Toppin. So we'll yeah. see what they do. Yeah. I, especially the Bruce Brown signing. That's a that's a Carlisle type of player. Um, yeah. So just in order, just in order, LaMelo would be the one I have the most questions about. Um, Keenan brought up here, Cam, you actually weren't on this pod, but Keenan brought up a Desmond Bain, Jalen Brown trade. I was all for that at the time. Mind you, this was like a week or two after Jalen Brown had turnover itis or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> but I'm a big Bain fan. I think I think he's in I'm not saying he's a Clay Thompson type player, but I think he's in that same ilk as far as where he is in his career on his rookie scale, the level of shooter he is right now. It's Clay Thompson esque. You know what I mean? I don't think he's ever gonna be the microwave that Clay is where Clay can just go off for sixty, but Bain's for sure one of the best young shooters in the league right now. Uh, three and D guy who can play make. I would love Bain on my team. I would love Halliburton on my team. And Anthony Edwards, of course. You would love Anthony Edwards on your team. We've seen him in playoff games. We've seen him scoring in crunch time. Uh, my biggest question would be with Anthony Edwards is what uh, the front office does for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though that team's kind of a mess, and it's well documented what the three of us think of Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, given our, our Keenan's ranking a couple weeks ago, <laughs> I'm not a big Towns guy at all. Which, by the way, I I used to like Towns early in his career. I just really don't wow. like how he carries himself and you know how he shows up in playoff games. He just doesn't seem like a high IQ player. But that being said, I think if you gave let's say Rick Carlisle the same exact Timberwolves team, man, I think I mean they almost gave Denver the biggest run for their money out of yes. everybody really in the playoffs you could make that argument um so if you gave and i'm not saying their coach is a bad coach but if you gave them like a real true vet coach i do wonder what that team with gobert and towns and edwards looks like so my biggest question as a player just player for player would be Lamelo. uh but if you're charlotte you obviously have to sign him to that extension he's your best player uh he's a fan favorite the last, like, you're a small market yep <laughs> right, honestly, honestly, you have to sign them. So they did the right thing. Uh, but my other question would be, given the T Wolves' history, uh, you know, what does that team look That's like in five team. years? Do they build the right team around Anthony Edwards? Because I definitely think he's on the right track, and he, you can see he puts the work in, and uh, you know, he's going to continue to ascend. I would think, barring injury. So my two questions would be the Timberwolves front office and just Lamelo as a player. Is he truly a winning player? This and that, and yeah, I think it's smart money on all four. Really, all four contracts are yeah. smart money, and especially yeah. I love the Bean and uh, and Halliburton contracts, especially. Yeah. So I think Halliburton right now is a little better than Lamelo. I think Lamelo will end up being a I little agree. better than Halliburton in the long run. I do yeah. think Halliburton. So I think so. Draft like uh, you're saying, you're talking draft night, Halliburton or Lamelo. I would take Lamelo, and I do think Lamelo will end up being better. But if you're to tell, I mean, on my ranking, I even had it like I think Halliburton is a little bit better right now than Lamelo. I think he's a little bit farther along. Also, Lamelo was a little stunted by injury too, so we'll see. I was gonna say we'll see definitely moving forward if he proves to be one of those great players who is not greatly not doesn't really contribute to winning well, or if he's gonna be one of those players who's great who can contribute to winning. But mm. I. It'll be interesting, and we'll see moving forward. 
Um, so I've either got a question or we can talk about Phoenix because again we're about a buck twenty and we have yeah we've still <laughs> hit us with a question we've, we've still, got we've had a yeah, lot of questions question. we've had hit us with a question and then we'll we can end with Phoenix and then we'll end with or we probably right. got more we'll, we'll keep going Keenan hit us with a question I'm gonna say, I was gonna say honestly I don't have too much to say we on Phoenix even though you would think a lot um so um. This is kind of foreshadowing going into the season. Obviously, there's still a little bit of off season to go, but the majority of the moves have gone. Who do you think is going to be the biggest surprise team this coming season? Like last year, it was clearly the Kings. They oh, wow. they had pieces off. So like going in mentally, who do you have this as the early. biggest surprise team? It, 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 oh, it's super easy. I have one too. I, I feel like me and Cam are going to have the same one for some reason. We're going we might. Yep. Okay, see. Yep. Hand down. Yep. <laughs> I got them. Dude, Chet. He's going to go off. He's going to legitimately compete for Rookie of the Year with Wemby. I think so for real. I think our first real look at Chet and Shea, that roster is unreal. Jalen Williams is nice. Josh Gritty. I love I like Dor- the roster. I love that roster a lot. And I could see them running and gunning the same way as um, Kings. Sacramento did. And ending up being a two-seed. Being a three seed, I can see that full force. Not even joking. <laughs> I think Shay is legit. I, is Chet I Chet's going to be in the rookie of the year and MVP? No, Shay will be in MVP talks. Shay will. Okay, oh, Chet will legit. If Chet can put up twenty five, which I don't know if he can, but if Chet can put up eighteen to twenty, <laughs> they got it. If he can do twenty five, oh, I, I love Chet. I love his game. If Chet puts up twenty five, he's the MVP game. of the league. Because he's, I'm, and I'm not. I'm so I'm the Thunder. Not Thunder going to outperform I'm, LA. Thunder going to outperform the Lakers, and the Clippers. Both LA. All right, to me, I give you. To me, Cam, yes. I get. Cam, I give you this. Me, All right, let me I just let me get this. I think their roster is better. Oh, Cam is here. Let me just get this in stone. Cam is here let me just get this. Let me just get this in stone, Cam. Let me just get this in stone. I just want to get this. I just want to get this on on yeah. on video, on record, on everything. All right. Yep. I can. I I will give you Lakers and Clippers ahead of the Thunder in standings, much like this year, much like past years, or. I can give you the Thunder will finish ahead of both LA teams. Which one are you taking? Absolute Thunder over LA. Hunted. Both wow, okay. Is, is Thunder well, gonna? Is, are the right. Thunders gonna be the best team? Are gonna be better than every California team? So that's involving the Warriors as well and Sacramento. And the Kings. Sacramento, I don't know. That's the only one I'm a question. Legitimately, the only one I'll question. So is the Kings, Sacramento. Kings one seed, Kings one seed. I don't Denver know if that's seed. for a fact. I don't know if that's a fact. It's and then the tough. Thunder. I, can I can I put the Thunder to three? I'll give them a three seed. A three seed, okay? But they are better than both LA teams, and they'll finish with a better rank. Better shit. rank okay. in the West. Hot okay. take. All okay. right, I love it. That is a, that's, I a, abs- this, that's a scorching this take. Is why, this is why we have a podcast. <laughs> this is why we have a podcast. Um. So I think that's why we pay Cam the big bucks. This is why we pay Cam the big bucks. (laughs) I think that the Thunder are going to be the biggest surprise team for me. They that was going to be the team for it. Do I think that they're going to be the three seed? I can calm down on that because I do like Chet. I think Chet. I think two hand block Chet. 
or as Kevin Wilds has been calling him, Chet McHolmgren, which is hilarious, which has been hilarious to me. But uh, I I do like Chet. I think he's going to, you know, I really. Um, I think Chet can play. He's going to be a great defensive asset. Offensively, twenty five. He'll get half of that, but um, he'll probably he'll probably <laughs> average about twelve eight in like two blocks. Which is cool. Which is a good rookie season. Don't get me wrong. I think he's gonna be an impact player. I just don't think he's gonna be. I don't think he's gonna come out and be Shaquille O'Neal or Kareem or Hakeem or Pat Ewing. I don't think he's gonna be these guys coming out. But I do think I do like what the Thunder are doing. I definitely think they are a playoff team for sure. Like I, they probably will get past the play in. I think they could be within that top six. Roughly, but I think they'll be competing because there are a lot of good teams in the West, but I think they have the ability to be within that top six coming into the season, all depending on how Chet grows. But, Kyle, you can go. Um, First of all, I want to say, like, we pay Cam big money to, you know, come in with these takes. I better be getting a Supermax extension being in this goddamn studio. I'm sweating like I'm in a goddamn <laughs> so NBA hot. game right now. It's fucking hot <laughs> as shit in here. But... I just want to respond to you guys. Um, I don't really consider OKC a surprise team at all. If anything, I think they were the surprise team this year, given that Chet went down and that they were still a play-in team. And given how SGA ascended, I think they were more of a surprise this year, whereas most people are going to pick them to make the playoffs next year, which I would be on board with y'all. Chet, I have questions about Chet. I mean, he's definitely got game. Don't get me wrong, but... uh, he took one shoulder from LeBron. And he was out for the season. Uh, that was it for him. So I, you know, I'm, that was the I only do wonder. Ne- that was the only shoulder he needed. He got back. He was like, "Okay, I'm not ready for the league this year. I'm gonna make sure I'm out, <laughs> put some weight back on." He did gain weight, but no, you're right. He may take two shoulders. His game looks good. <laughs> His game looks good. He doesn't look much bigger. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he did put on weight, but he still looks scrawny. But he does have a ton of game. He's got a ton of skill. Um. I don't know. You know, it's never good when your number one guy or your your top draft pick gets hurt that early. But then again, we've seen it with Embiid, and Embiid's turned out okay. But Blake it's never Griffin. a good sign. So my questions, like Blake Griffin, my questions with Chad are completely health-based. Um, mm-hmm. My real answer for this, the question you asked, this extremely early answer would be the Orlando Magic. Oh. I think the magic creep up on people this year. I, like that. Uh, I think they got a lot of talent. Uh, I think they could have done more with their draft, given that they had six and eleven. I would have liked them to like have traded that for a piece, some sort of piece. Yeah. Um, but I love the way, I love the way Markel Fultz has been playing. Uh, he's looking like the prospect he once was before the weird yips he had with his foul shot. Um. On top of that, you got Cole Anthony Suggs. You got a lot of depth at that guard position. You obviously got Paolo Benchero. You got Franz Wagner, Wagner, sorry. Um, you got a lot of young talent in Orlando, and they play well together. Yeah. They play hard. They play hungry. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I think that'll come to fruition this year, especially with the way Fultz is ascending and how he's really coming into his own. Um, my other answer for this, though, like the Orlando is my real answer. The Orlando Magic. My my soft answer would be the San Antonio Spurs with Wemby, um, potentially a generational player. 
they already had good talent. You know what I mean? Their young guys over there are already good. I'm not really sure how they complement Wemby. Um, and I haven't really. I thought they were going to do more in free agency. I thought they would be like a Grant Williams suitor. You know, I thought Chris they'd Paul go after players like there. maybe Austin Reeves. Or Chris Paul even. Yeah, that would have been a great pickup for them. So, I think, I don't know. I think Wemby... I think he will be, and we'll talk about this more the closer we get to the season, but I would not be surprised to see Wemby be like a 21 points per game type player, uh, eight rebounds with like two to four blocks. Like, I think he's going to be stupid defensively. Um, Same thing with him, though, with Chet. Can Wemby stay healthy? He's already done preemptive uh, conditioning, I guess you'd call it, against that because, you know, players with his type of height, like we've seen with Porzingis, Porzingis hasn't been able to stay healthy because of his height, largely, uh, in his NBA career. So I have those questions about Wemby, less so than Chet, because, again, Chet took one shoulder from LeBron, done for the season. Um, So who knows if he's a summer league legend and just that's it. But no, for real, I think Chet's okay. But I think Wemby will be an impact guy, and I think the Spurs will be better than expected. Will they be a full-out surprise team? That's yet to be seen. I want to see the rest of their moves, but... I have high expect- expectations for Wemby. I got another team, but Cam, do you have another team too? I, you got, go. I got one more. You go. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. The Pistons. Ooh. Ooh. I think the Pistons can make the playoffs if Cade plays all year. They got Monty um, to be their coach. I'm coach. really excited to see what Monty Williams does with them. And I really like um, Asar Thompson, who they drafted. Um, he's not as good as his brother, Amen, but um, I really like him a lot. Both those dudes were monsters. Yeah. Um, I'm actually pretty pumped to see what these guys got with when they got Duran. They got a bunch of young pieces over there, and I think Monty Williams can unlock that team. I truly do. So I'm actually pretty excited to see them, and I think they'll be a playoff team as well. Okay. And the uh, the last one that I have – is I actually think that the Hornets could be an interesting team this year. Mm. So they've got Miles Bridges coming back. Obviously, you have Lamelo, you got Brandon Miller, you got Kelly Oubre, uh, you got Cody Martin. Maybe seeing what his brother did in these playoffs, you're like, okay, let me go step up. Dennis Smith Jr. showed some promise last year. Like obviously, him as a tenth grader was like one of the craziest athletes I've ever seen as a tenth grader. It feels Sucks. like he hasn't even grown since then. Like, height-wise, like, he was just a man amongst boys. I don't boys. think he's even grown in his game, dude. <laughs> like, he might have, like, peaked in 10th grade. <laughs> but, um, he like, you know, he definitely showed some signs of being a viable, like, actual player in a rotation last year. P.J. Washington has uh, works well, LaMelo, just because he's a good pick-and-roll guy. But I think that if LaMelo is what I think he can be and what his potential says he can be, then I think that they could actually definitely make a run. I mean, two years ago, they were in the play-in. They uh, they lost in the play-in, but two years ago, they were in the play-in. I think that they could be in that playoff, kind of seventh, sixth seed at best, and see where it goes from there. And this also comes down to is, if, is Brandon Miller going to be what his number two overall pick should say he's going to be. So... Uh, I think the Hornets definitely could be another team that could sneak up on you just because LaMelo and Brandon Miller show to be a pretty good tandem in the league. I do want to point out two of your reasons were Dennis Smith in 10th grade and Cody Martin seeing his brother play and ball out. 
Well, I mean, no, so I, I mean, it wasn't actually the greatest reasons. Well, I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. in 10th grade wasn't actually my reason. I just said he was one of the most athletic 10th graders I've ever seen. That was just more. I will point. say this, though. And Cody Martin played Dennis well last year. Strong. It's just obviously Caleb. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just basically seeing, I don't know. I feel like there's a brother rivalry. I feel like if you were doing well playing basketball, I would want to get in the gym and I would want to be better than you. I don't. That's just a me thing, I guess. Let me just say real quick. I don't think Dennis Smith is on that team anymore. I didn't he move? That I didn't. See I'm that. almost. I just. I just looked at his roster. He moved. I just looked at the almost roster. And he, said he, was he up and moved from Charlotte. I almost think he's a net. I think he's on the Nets. That actually sounds um, somewhat I, familiar. I think does. I saw Woj do that the other day. Then he might have. Then they haven't updated it on ESPN because I was just looking. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, yep. No, they haven't updated it. I just got an it. update about. Net, so, hate you, Dennis Smith Jr. Never mind. Your 10th grade, <laughs> grade athletic star can go to Brooklyn and do your thing there with yeah. Mikael. But what would you get an update of, Kyle? Uh, for some reason, I just got an update from ESPN about a benches clearing brawl in a AAA game. So it must have been pretty insane for like ESPN to update about that. That's um, crazy. But that gives me an excuse to turn this basketball podcast into uh, my new favorite athlete who I've been monitoring for some time. Uh, Los Angeles Angels great. Can't pronounce his first name off the top of my head, but Otani. Otani is like my Show favorite hey. athlete right now. Shohan. Shohan Otani. My favorite athlete yeah. right now. Um, hopefully, he gets traded somewhere that's not the Angels. If not, I will be relocating to Anaheim be and will be watching. He won't be traded. Eighty-one. He won't be Tom Brady. He won't be traded. He won't be traded, but a free agent option. No, I was gonna say he's a free agent this season. Free agency. He's trying to probably. Co- I was gonna say he's gonna be a free agent after this season. He's probably gonna command five hundred million dollars from a team because he might not. He's probably a top two, top three hitter in the league. Up there with Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, top and then one. he's a top. And then uh, I was gonna say he's hitter wise, he's like top two. He's a top one player, but he's a top two ish hitter. And then okay, if you say so. And then he is uh, probably about a top seven ish pitcher right now. Like he's looking to go probably three hundred, maybe fifty mm-hmm. home runs by with throwing two hundred yeah. Ks this season. Guys, he can, guys he can make the real argument. Yep. He can make the real argument like Lev Bell did when he's like, I'm a wide receiver and a running back, pay me. That dude could actually make the argument no. and get paid big money. No, he's looking five. My prediction is that Otani My prediction is that Otani gets eight hundred million in free agency. It's gonna be stupid. That, it's gonna be the biggest contract is, we've ever seen. I think that I bet is you it's too much, but I, that's okay. Nope. I think that's real. I think that's real. Because they're saying the ballpark's five or six. They're saying the ballpark's five to six hundred million, and I think it'll go just slightly above that, and he'll just get the straight eight hundred. That's my prediction. Seven hundred slightly above it. Eight hundred million. That's twenty five. That's twenty five. When you're when you're paying five. When you're paying. When you're already paying. When you're already paying five hundred million. What's another two hundred mil? Nothing. Nothing. That's like. Okay, so if you paid tw- that's like paying thirty thousand for a car. <laughs> what is paying seventy thousand for a car? <laughs> like, what, if, what do you mean? if you're a billionaire owner, it's it's chump change. That that little two hundred mil. Go ahead, Otani. You're gonna lead me to a to a World Series. Go ahead and take that extra two hundred mil. 
It's, I, I was to say, I mean, if he leads you to a World Series, I mean, we've seen our, the before Shohei, the greatest player of our generation, and Mike Trout. He hasn't done anything. So we'll see if he leads him just because, obviously, baseball is what baseball is, and we'll see where he goes. Yeah. I could see him staying West Coast. I also could see oh, him. He's going to be say, a Dodger. He could be a Dodger. He could be in the Mets. I think he might stay West Coast, obviously, because of – I think it might be more comfortable for, comfortable for him because of all I think the it's either Asian d- d- descent over there. I'm, I was talking with Nate E. about this today at work at my baseball guy. So I was, ta- I was going to bounce back and forth <laughs> with this literally today. I think it's either Dodgers, he stays in Anaheim, or it's or he's a Met, one of the three. I can't see him staying in Anaheim, but you know if he does, he does. Yeah. It's cool for him because I mean they've had the and hopefully they do oh. something. I, mean, I could see it just for, for the comfort. That's you know fair enough because obviously with him being a foreign player, you become you grow comfortable somewhere, and obviously as I said, California has such a high Asian influence. So that possibly could be where he feels more comfortable than somewhere else. But Camden, you're good to go. Yeah, I love Shohei. I think he'll be in. I'll say I'm almost positive he'll be in L.A. Almost positive. Love to see him in a Red Sox jersey, though. That'd be a move. That would I'd be, be going to his games. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be that would be wild. Yeah. Being an ace plus uh, ace plus being a four hitter. No, nah, it's crazy. Yep. Like, no, he's he's legitimately crazy crazy like and it's great to see like the only thing you could probably ever get close to maybe is like i mean it it begs the question do you think like an nfl player could do this at the highest level and it'd be probably you'd have to be a wide receiver corner because obviously in basketball you play both sides so like obviously it's just basketball but so you'd have to be wide receiver corner and could that happen yes so, like, you could possibly see – I mean, obviously, we saw Bo Jackson end up playing two sports. Dion did play a little bit of wide receiver, but he didn't play much wide receiver. He was more of just a return guy and plus being the best corner of all time. So, you might see, like, a true uh, dual threat when it comes to that in the NFL someday. But it's going to be interesting now if Shohei, kind of like Jokic, where it's like a unicorn guy, like this six eleven guy mm-hmm. can just – and most efficient guy will see with that kind of like everything. It'll be interesting if Shohei will start to breed some of those unicorns in the sense of because mm-hmm. obviously Babe Ruth did it back in the day, but not not many people have actually done it. But this is more baseball than I thought we were ever going to talk on the pod. So I like it. <laughs> pretty, pretty interesting. I meant to bring it up earlier, too. I meant to lead the show with yeah. it, but here that we are. We could have led <laughs> no. the show. Lead off with baseball. Yeah. It's, I'm good with it. I've been learning more and more about baseball, Not, talking with my guys about it. <laughs> I got my guys to give me information. So yeah. I, it's okay. I haven't paid a bit ten, real attention to baseball since like 08. But yeah, home run derby soon. Um, I'm going to bring it up now. So how do we feel about Bradley Beal to the Suns? Uh, you know what? It more or less feels like a lateral move. Not because he's any worse than Chris Paul. He's obviously probably a better player than Chris Paul. Um, but are they going to get stops? I don't know. Uh, they seem to have a lot of guards and guard depth on their team. Um, I think Beal will complement Booker and KD well. Like I think he'll be a great spot-up shooter. I think his three-point attempts will increase. And I think he'll figure it out. Like, I don't think that'll be a problem, you know? If anything, 
We've seen it with KD where he'll even take a step back and he'll become the playmaker if need be. Um, I think similar to what I said about the Warriors, I think this is a weird team. They're obviously a contending team. They still have DeAndre Ayton. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a big Ayton guy. I think he's the weak link out of their core four. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you're going to trade him, you're going to need to get another quality big back. Um, I mean, shit, who else? They just lost Torrey Craig. I know they signed Eric Gordon. What else were their offseason moves? I'm drawing uh, a blank give here. Me, give me, give me um, one second. I can go through it. Uh, obviously, they, they traded Utah. Uh, yeah, from Utah. They did get okay. Utah. I do like that one. I like that one. They got, they got Gordon, too. I remember Gordon. Yeah, they got Eric Gordon, Eric Gordon. Drew Gordon. Ebanks, Damian Lee, uh, they Chimizi met to uh, Josh Okugi, and then uh, Kita Bates Jop. Yeah. Jop, yep. So, like, that's okay. been all of their moves. All of these guys on one or two year, like, cheaper deals. Uh, that's a weird team. It's on. very top end. I think. I think they'll win a fair amount of games. I think they'll still be a top five seed. Uh, where does that get you in the postseason, though, with this team that, in theory, can play defense, but, like, can they? You know what I mean? Like, the Los Angeles Lakers, I know they're going to play defense. The Clippers, when they're healthy, I know they can play defense. Uh, the Nuggets, I know they can play defense. Can this Suns team get stops when it matters? That was their problem last year, and I don't think they necessarily addressed it. And you're going to have DeAndre Ayton not getting nearly the amount of touches he wants at this point in his career. He already was feeling that way. Then you go and add Bradley Beal. Uh, when Chris Paul very much complimented Ayton well, I don't see any of that going well. I don't see any of that going well. And then you got another vet coach in Frank Vogel in place of Monty. Uh, Monty and Ayton clearly didn't get along. I just don't way. see. Yeah I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily think it was the right move. I don't think it was the right move at all. Monty did great things in Phoenix. Um, man, I really, I don't know. I don't see the Aiton situation ending well. And, you know, if they happen to trade him for someone like Jared Allen, and then you also get a 3 and D guy in return somehow, I don't know how, then, you know, the Pacers make my stance sense. might change. You trade What's up? For Miles Tur- the Indiana Pacers makes the most sense. Obviously, the Pacers were linked to getting uh, Aiton prior. I would trade him for Miles. Mm. If you can try to swing Miles Turner and uh, Buddy Heald, cool, because obviously that's that. But if you only have to get Miles Turner and whomever you can get else with that as kind of like a second guy, that would be probably. They've got the like best three different iterations of Buddy Heald on their team already. Yeah, no, I know. I'm saying, like, if you could get Buddy Heald and like. I James could see him Johnson doing it too. Or something like that. Right. I can see him doing it anyway, too. They seem to want as many two guards on their team as possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Camden, you go before I go. For me, it's it's just like it's almost in to me the same way that I feel about the about the the Celtics not having a true point guard facilitating things. And this team is different because like it's KD, it's Devin Booker, but like they're all three of those big guys, KD, Devin Booker, and Beal, all do their best work when they got the ball in their hands. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like. Um, and whenever we see teams make stars mesh, 
if you think back to the Heat with LeBron, Bosch, and Wade, um, you think about the Celtics, which I think the Celtics big three was different because Rondo was already there and that all kind of worked out. But um, it takes time. It takes it takes a year in a lot of ways before you actually get that championship run. So I do not see a title run in their future this year. And with that in mind, I think that our boy Kevin Durant was going to be quite upset with not going to the title again and probably wanting to move out again. Um, I really just don't know what that team <laughs> looks like. I could see them, I could see them being 500, 25 and 25, and saying, "What is our best option right now?" And being 30 and 30 and saying, "What are we going to do right now?" Because I don't see the defense, and I don't see these types of players, including Beal and Kevin Durant, playing. 82 games. They're not yeah. going to. And if they're not playing 82 games, who is going to play for them? Yeah. I don't want what's his name? Wembenya. What's his name? Wemby. You two. Something. Watanabe. Watanabe or something like that. Watanabe. If he's if he's starting 20 games for you because Kevin Durant's out those 20 games, I don't I do not like that team. So that's just me. To be fair, Yuta's lights out. He's a lights out shooter. I'll give he him is. that. He is. He's a good player. He, sh- he yep. showed some things. He showed some things in Brooklyn. So I don't really care for the move at all. I think that the problem with them last year was they didn't have a point guard, and then they went and got Bradley Beal. Well, I mean, the problem was also they didn't have any depth or defense at times. But like, I just feel they don't have a guy. Like I again, Devin Booker can handle the ball and cool. Kevin Durant can't handle the ball, cool. Bradley Beal can't handle the ball, cool. But I don't want them being the primary decision makers. As you said, with Boston, Jason Tatum can't handle the ball, cool. Jalen Brown can sometimes dribble the ball. But I don't want them to be the prime or Marcus Smart. I don't want them as your primary every single game decision makers for me personally. I would, If you told me one or two scenarios, they got bounced in the first round or they won the championship, I would lean towards they bounced in the first round. I don't see this team. Mm -hmm. I don't see them. Unless they trade Aiton for something special, I just think that they don't mesh. Like when KD went to the Warriors, you're like, okay, 73-9 and team. You just plug and play Kevin Durant there. You already have a beautiful system. That's going to work. You have... Like, if you're going back to the Heat, you have LeBron, Wade, Bosh. Okay, you, so you have a big guy, you have a guard, and then you have LeBron, who obviously is a scorer. He clearly broke the scoring record, but his he loves to pass. They'll make it work, especially because you have that kind of guy. Yep. The Celtics, and that one's more relatable, I would say, because it, they it, had to start people like Mario Chalmers it, it is the and most Birdman. Rela- and, it is the yes. most relatable, but you already had a you already had a champ. I mean, you have a champion in Durant, so you have a champion mm-hmm. in Wade. So I mean, yes, that's the most relatable, but at the same time, LeBron truly can it's, be a point guard. Like exactly. Devin Booker can like fake be a point guard. Not that he's a bad player at all, but he can obviously he can play make. But I just don't want him as a primary point guard all season. I would want LeBron as mm-hmm. that. Obviously, I wouldn't think just thinking big threes. You've got. As you mentioned, KD or KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen—they fit, fit, fit seamlessly. KG was like, "Okay, I'll because take of a Rondo." Step. Yeah, they fit. They had. They already had a point guard in Rondo. KG's <laughs> like, "I'll take a step back. I'll take a step back <laughs> shooting wise. I'll just go in defensive player of the year." Obviously, you still have Paul Pierce in the same role. Ray Allen's like, "Okay, I'm just gonna spot up a little bit more. If I need to dri- do it off the dribble, I can get 20 points a game." So like, it's just when you look at all of these situations i just like they fit better in brooklyn with kyrie james harden and kevin durant and that didn't work yeah 
So, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously that didn't work because of injury, but this team could not work because of injury. Kevin Durant's perpetually been injured ever since his Achilles injury, and Bradley Beal hasn't played a full season. And then this is your team. Like, going forward, like, these are three of the most – the three of the top seven salaries in the league going forward. Like, you can't mm-hmm. – I mean, obviously you can trade, and it's going to be hard to trade them because I think with the new rules that they have, it's really going to be hard to move off of them. It is. Like, this is your collective. So it's like, okay, I guess if you're going to like, if they make it work, kudos to them. I'm wrong. I'll be, I'll be the first to admit that I'm wrong. Fine. KD broke through. He got another one. Devin Booker played great, whatever. But I just don't, I just don't see it. I don't like the construction of the roster at all. I don't look at it and I'm like, okay, that team's going to instantly be the the nuggets. are. I'd think the nuggets are better than the Lakers are better than them. Depending on the couple moves that they make, the Warriors could be better than them. I'd probably have the Suns over the Warriors now just because the Warriors roster makes no sense with Chris Paul. But there are teams right now that I'd be like, yeah, I'm taking them over. And uh, the mm-hmm. Bucks and the Celtics, I'm taking over them. And if the Heat get Lillard, the Heat are better than them too. Yeah. it's. I have a question, yeah. actually, about this real quick. Yes. I feel like, number one, the Wizards prematurely traded Beal for not a great deal in a lot of ways. Two, if you were the Suns and you could get Jordan Clarkson instead, I low-key think that's a better fit for a little less money slash Jordan Poole could run some sort of weird point thing. Did you say Poole really or – you mean Poole or Clarkson? Jordan Poole. Okay. If you... instead of doing the three-way team thing with Chris Paul, they just did it 1v1. So Chris Paul is going to the Warriors – Jordan Poole to the Suns. They have a little extra money that way. Jordan Poole could run that role. I think that's a better fit than Bradley Beal in a lot of ways. And I I don't know. I think it's interesting. I would have waited in a lot of ways to make some moves and figure out what's going on, to be totally honest. Because I could have also seen a, I don't know, Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton with a bunch of picks for Damian Lillard. And Damian Lillard would be happy to do that and go to the Suns. So, I don't know. I think it's all interesting. I just hate the trade, and I think it was premature in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, I agree with what you said. I agree with what you said about it being premature. Uh, It's funny on the Wizards end because the Wizards should have traded Bradley Beal last year and tanked this year and been in the Wemby uh, sweepstakes. They decide to trade him mm-hmm. this year. That just seems like the Wizards. It's a Wizards thing to do. But, no, I agree with you. I feel yeah. like the Suns, how they just held on to Chris Paul a little longer. I guess there was a bit of a timetable with how his contract worked that he needed to be traded. But, yeah, man, I mean, Chris Paul and Aiton would have gave you some flexibility. Uh, and on top of that, people for years wanted – I mean, it was obvious the Suns' biggest weakness was them not having a backup point guard. They had campaign backing up Chris Paul. And then this year they say, well, fuck it, we're trading Chris Paul too. Now we don't even have a backup or a starting point guard, really. <laughs> uh, yep. That team's a mess. It's a mess in a way. Like I, like I said, I think they're going to win a lot of regular season games. I do. Uh, I don't think they'll do anything in the postseason. And, you know, people have been making the joke the last couple of years how the Houston Rockets are basically an AAU team because they let Jalen, uh, excuse me, Jalen Brown, sorry, Jalen Green, and uh, who's the other guy, lefty there, Kevin Porter Jr. They let them kind of just do what they want. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people let them 
the coaches there been letting them do what they want, so it comes off as an AAU team. The Suns team now reminds me of an AAU team because you just got scorers out there with some wings, some shooters, and then you got DeAndre Ayton. Like you just got that one big guy and a bunch of wings, a bunch of guards, and a bunch of ISO, ISO dudes. Uh, it's just a weird mix. Good call. It's a hell of a weird yeah. mix. And uh, who knows? They like, would've... I would assume, like I said, I would assume Aiden gets traded, but I don't know. I don't know what the moves are for this team. Go ahead, Keenan. Um, on I was gonna say honestly, just like quick thoughts right now. There, I would have felt better about them if they would have traded Chris Paul. Would have gotten maybe some sort of nice wing veteran that they probably could have traded for Chris Paul. You got uh, Miles Turner and James Johnson for DeAndre Ayton signed Gabe Vincent. I would feel much better about this roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you sign. I mean, That'd honestly, with that you still have some leftover. You, you have some leftover money. You sign a backup point guard. You sign a backup point guard or try to get someone, not this guy specifically, because he's still on. He's but he's on the uh, Timberwolves, but Mike Conley esque, a guy, a smart guy who can come in, run the show for about twenty minutes. You make it work from there. I, I that's what I would have done if I'm the Suns, because clearly, why didn't you win last year? You guys didn't have point guard play. You guys couldn't play defense. You guys didn't have enough people and bodies. So we're going to trade a more not having bodies. We're not going to have point guard play. We're not going to better our defense. We're just going to get more offense and be like, hey, as Kyle said, AAU team, we're just going to score more mm-hmm. than you guys. And when Denver is putting up efficient points with them and then plus going to get defensive stops or the Lakers are going to slow the game down plus get some defensive stops, what are you going to do? And when KD misses 25 games and Bradley Beal misses 25 games and your starting five is going to look like Damian Lee, uh, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Josh Okoogie, and Yuta. Okay, figure it out. <laughs> and you have Frank Vogel, not Monty? Okay, cool. Figure it out. I don't, God, I'm glad I got to talk about that. I don't really care about this. <laughs> I don't really care about that. Okay, and I'm. That's pretty much. It. I have one more random question that I was just thinking about. It's a f- question that can be asked in like three months, though, so I can hold off on it. It's no big deal. Uh, ask real other, quick. Other, I, got, I got a closeout question. Qu- okay, you got a closeout question. All right. Um, I was just think. I was just kind of going through the league and kind of just sifting. I was who ben- Who would benefit the most off of an MVP? I know we always talk about off a championship. Like, obviously, Joel Embiid, I think, or James Harden would be the most off a championship, or KD even. But what player in the league would benefit the most off of winning MVP this coming season? Luka. Facts. Okay. I would say just Jason Tatum's one. I think he needs one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have Luka. And if we're being Jason literal, Tatum. literal? Yeah. If we're being literal, literal? Someone who would it would be an insane story, especially after the last few months. It would be Ja Morant. That I was that was another one that Facts. I was going to mention. Ja. All right, let me go look at my list. Real Which, by quick. the way, I think his the names. I think his suspension's a little heavy, but I get why it is heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think I'm gonna name one more guy. I'm gonna name two guys that'd be super interesting if they got one. One would be Jimmy Butler. I think if Jimmy were to win an MVP, that could 
not like that could really just like almost solidify a Hall of Fame kind of thing because you'd really end up being like, okay, he's not just playoff Jimmy. He's showing in the regular season too. That's one. And two, Anthony Davis. I think if he was to win an MVP, you would really see like, oh, okay, he has taken the team from LeBron and LeBron can start going into that, start fading into that if second, if not even third option at times, obviously if Austin Reeve progresses as we do. But I do agree with you guys. Luca, Jason Tatum, and Ja would be the three that I think it would be the most beneficial for. I just think those two would be interesting if I was just giving out a couple others. Kevin Durant in an MVP would be interesting too. Kevin Durant. Kevin that Durant would be, would be interesting. Adding another one to his resume. That would be huge for him, I think. Obviously, be huge for his resume. Yeah, that would be. Obviously, a lot of the younger guys like Trey Young or people like that, that would obviously be cool too. Yep. Um, Steph is interesting. And you mentioned Trey Mon- yeah. have three. You mentioned it, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say Damian Lillard, if he goes to the, the Miami Heat and that yeah. works out and he rocks it, if he gets an MVP and they run it, That'd be kind of dope. No, that'd be super. I was going to say, and then obviously I don't think it'd happen. LeBron, if he won one, that'd be cool if he got to five and tied Mike for there. And then Steph, if he got to three, he really then gets into that more, even more in the bird conversation there. So, like, those are two people who would be interesting historically, but I don't think he benefits more than, say, Jason Tatum or them. Like, Curry and LeBron are made men. So, All right, Kyle, what was your closeout question? Facts. So my question to y'all is, well, let me present this. Tonight is the uh, UFC Hall of Fame inductions. Uh, It's a big week for the UFC. It's International Fight Week. UFC 290 is Saturday night. And every July, first, I guess it would be the first week of July, they do their Hall of Fame inductions. Reason why this is relevant, they do something different that they don't do in any other league or major Hall of Fame, which is they... they will induct, I believe, I think they induct one fight a year. I don't know if it's multiple fights, but for sure at least one fight a year they induct in the Hall of Fame. So my question for y'all is, if you were to induct a basketball game, and I'll limit it to the last five years, so from the season of 2018 to this past season, regular season or playoffs, finals, whatever you guys want, give me one game y'all would induct into the Hall of Fame. Damn, you already stole my... I was going to say Game 7, 2016, but he <laughs> said five years. Um, <laughs> that was Yeah, I had to eliminate already. the obvious ones. Um, can I give you, like, three, like, nominations? Like, off the top of my head right now, there's probably more games. Depends, because, you know, I don't want you to take cams or anything. Okay, no, okay, you guys <laughs> go first. You go goes first, and then I'll have my three nominations. think about it. Cause I've got I've got three nominations right now that I would have. And you know what? If you want to go to the last, I mean, I can open it up to the last ten years. It doesn't have to be the last five years. Because so that does limit it a little bit. Well, I mean, well, twenty it'd sure. either be Game Seven of the NBA Finals or in twenty sixteen or Game Six against the Spurs would be if you're going back yeah. that far. It would have to be one of those two. In my personal opinion, if you want to go regular season, I think it would have to be uh, Warriors and Thunder or Steph hit that game winner. I think that would have. I think that's probably the best regular season game I can remember. Like if you if you're going yeah. on I mean, like that be far a, back, be any. well, I mean obviously it can be that. Um, I'm gonna say one right now, and then we can talk talk about a couple others. I think game game six. 
twenty finals, Giannis is fifty. I think that's, that's an all. I think that's an that's underrated all time legend. I mean, dropping fifty and twelve in a finals, I think is all time. Like Giannis had. It's somehow already block. underrated. You're right. Yeah, no, it's underrated. Like no one talks about his fifty piece in a finals yeah. game to close out a team elimination game. No, I mean, th- th- and as I say that those those finals seem to not be talked about as much as they should be because I mean Giannis obviously really had the block, not. he had the block, and then he had the alley oop in game five. They had the blocking in game three. Like, and that was him coming off of an injury the previous series. He played game one. He was in, and then after that, he was phenomenal. So, like, I mean, that, I think that finals doesn't even get talked about enough. That went six. Uh, that was obviously people were really happy about Chris Paul uh, getting at least two of finals. But I would, offhand, I would say that game six would be the first one. I had another one, but I'll let you guys <coughs> say it before I get the other ones. Cam, you got one? I'm trying to think. I would say the the Toronto versus the Sixers with Kawhi's game winner I think was a huge game. It's a great one. Mm-hmm. It's a I great loved one. that game. It was super fun to watch. Um, the intensity was unreal. I would say that another game would be the. <clears throat> I'm trying to think. Was the Steph Curry um, and the Warriors versus the Thunder regular season game where Steph Curry hit that wild 26. almost half court shot? Mm-hmm. Those are seven. Does that count now. for this? Would this count for this? We'll count it. We'll count it. Or no? We'll count it. We'll open Does it up. That, is that too I, far I tried away to make it. That game was unreal. I tried to make it five years, so I wouldn't game? have people. Okay. No, yeah, that that definitely works. Okay. That's a classic. That's a classic. That's like the yeah. most insane regular season moment of my lifetime, possibly, possibly. I would agree. I, I called so Kyle and said that mind. Steph was better than Mike, and then took it back one second after. But for one I've second, ne- I said I've that never Steph seen was the NBA Twitter light up. You would have thought Steph no. won the fucking ring with that shot. The way NBA Twitter lit up, like even players were chiming yes. in, like this fucking guy. No, that uh-huh. was crazy. That was that's definitely that's yeah. got to be in there. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right, I'm gonna that give was, y'all two. Yep. I'm gonna give y'all two as well. Um. One of the last five years, I'll give you game one of the 2018 finals. LeBron going toe-to-toe with the Monstars, the Warriors. Uh, did everything yeah, he possibly piece. could to win that game. And then J.R. Smith living up to like all the negative J.R. Smith stereotypes and actually doing something ridiculously stupid at the end of the game. I will never forget that game as long as I live. I'll never forget sure. LeBron. In OT, he had this moment where like, Steph went up for a layup and he went to block it. And Steph, for some reason, got pissed about it. And then him, it was LeBron, Steph, and Clay talking shit. And then it ended up in Draymond and Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson getting a little scuffle or some shit about it. Uh, That's just a super memorable game. One of LeBron's best games ever that got ruined by my boy J.R. Smith. Uh, And then the other one, this is one of my favorite games of all time, uh, would be... Game six, Warriors Thunder 2016, the Clay Thompson game. That one, that's one of the most 
insane games I've ever seen. Did you uh, Clay cut like ridiculous fire in that game. Like I've never seen someone so clutch without like it being necessarily in the clutch moments. Like so many times they were down seven to ten points and they needed a bucket and Clay would just have a ridiculous three. And then before you know it, Clay was just lighting everybody up before you knew it. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant are crumbling before your eyes. Before you know it, Steph's closing out the game. Uh, that was a wild one. That was a wild one because everyone was for sure like, oh, the Warriors ain't going to win this game. And it really didn't look like it for a little bit. Like the Thunder had control of that game. And then, you know, before you knew it, Clay and the Warriors took that shit back. And the rest is literally history. You get KD on the Warriors literally because of that game, honestly. So that's one of my favorite games of the last. 10 years yeah. ever. That's but, 10 years. Okay, you know. so Kyle, mm-hmm. fun fact, we heard nothing you said until that last <coughs> sentence. Didn't need to hear anything because you said Clay Thompson went crazy against the Thunder. I know exactly what you're talking yep. about. Now we're all froze. Yes. Steph had an underrated 31, 10, and 9 in that game, even because Clay literally went game six. Clay put up 41 with 11 threes, and then game seven, Steph puts up 37. Clay has like eight threes, and they go on to win. All right, my other one that I was going to say was Warriors-Celtics game four because I feel like obviously Steph was solidified, but I feel like everybody has that moment that solidifies your greatness when you are great. And I feel like that moment, because obviously people made buzz of the finals MVP for Steph, blah, blah, blah. And I think that 43, he did every single thing he needed to do he had big clutch shots in the fourth quarter. Third quarter, he was amazing. First half, he kept him in it. He was incredible that entire night. And I believe that that was his shining, like his moment. Like he's had opportunities, but that was his moment. And yeah. I, we've lost Kyle. There's no more Kyle. He's just gone. Oh, man. All right. Kyle uh, apparently lost connection. Uh, Should we wait or end it? I mean, we could just end it and just say, Kyle. We could. um, So let's do this. (laughs) I I heard zero. And I mean zero. I said to you, I was like, did you lose him? Is he talking? Because he was he literally was saying zero words, and then all of a sudden I hear Clay Thompson, one of the greatest yep. performances. I was, I was like, that's all I needed. All I needed to yep. hear was Clay Thompson, greatest performance. I just knew you were going off about Clay and his forty-one. Yep. Yeah, no, that was. I'm gonna give him like two more minutes, and if not, it's been two hours. I can just we can just say. Rock of this one. Oh, hey, hey. Yeah. Did you get him? He's looking I'm like back he wants to try sec. to come He's back. back. <laughs> I'm back. Y'all got what I said, though? Okay, so no, but yes. So it's recorded, so other people <laughs> who are listening are going to hear it. We heard absolutely we nothing until you said, Clay Thompson, amazing game. That was it, and that was all we needed to know. We knew we were talking mm-hmm. game six, Clay. So well, we got it. As long as you guys were nodding along accordingly, you guys will see it on the on YouTube and such, so. Cam, you got one more for us? I already did my my game, didn't I? You did. You got a bonus one? One more before we go, before we sign out? A bonus one. 
got to think. I will go with Damon Lillard's Bye Bye. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yep. Yep. Over the over Paul George. What a shot. What a close game. Important time. I loved that one. So that'd be my other one. I don't remember what year that was, to be honest. But same postseason as the uh, Kawhi and Embiid shot. I believe that was was the same as that postseason. Cool. They got to the conference finals. That was when I thought they should have got rid of McCollum. They got as far as they possibly got with that team. They got swept by the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So that there was a lot of that fun. That playoff run had a lot of great moments. That had obviously so KD was going crazy early. And then Steph had the zero point first half, 33 second half. Kawhi was great that one. entire playoff run. Game, game uh, six of the finals was crazy too. Because Clay had yep. thirty in late third, and then he got injured, and then Fred Van Vliet became big shot. Fred Van Vliet in the fourth, and he went nuts. And like then game Curry missed the, the big three late. Too. I was gonna say game five was a classic too, because Steph had a big shot late in that game too. They went back and forth. Game six was also semi classic because Steph did miss the shot, and then Draymond tried to call a timeout. They had no timeouts left, and then that was the one they won. I kind of I rewatched that game, like deep like deep highlights like um two three months ago because I actually did it for a class. It was like one like cool. splicing up the game and then I got to do like a voiceover for the class. So I actually watched that game again. Boogie Cousins had big shots down the stretch. So I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll let you know anything. Boogie Cousins is getting actual pivotal finals. Shouts to yeah. Shouts to Boogie Cousins getting getting buckets in uh. Puerto Rico right now, I believe. I think he's in the Puerto Rican League. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, that is all I have. Um, this is great. This is great to be back. This is a great. It started off interesting. Camden couldn't speak early on. We couldn't hear him, but you know what? <laughs> About two Kyle hours later, we got through it. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Kyle got kicked off the game server, but we're here. <laughs> we're here. All right. Well, this is the Warner Brothers Podcast. Follow us on Warner uh, Warner Brothers Podcast on Instagram. Like, comment, share, subscribe on YouTube. Appreciate all the love. Appreciate the support. 100%. And we're out.